in their defense, though, too, they tried something really hard, which is changing the world to, to have everybody be d- democracy. Yeah. And that idea is really difficult to do. And then they had George Bush, his administration, trying to execute it. And I feel like if somebody's better, if his dad w- was trying to execute it, you know, somebody smarter, they, they may have actually had a shot. The voice of racism preaching the gospel is devilish. A fake church called the prophet Muhammad a terrorist. Forgetting God is not religion, but a spiritual bond. And Jesus is the most quoted prophet in the Quran. They bombed innocent people trying to murder Saddam. When you gave them those chemical weapons to go to war with Iran. This is the information that they hold back from Peter Jennings. Because Condoleezza Rice is just a new age Sally Hemings. I break it down with critical... As soon as I do this, I'll be watching Game of Thrones. Thrones. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Ari Shafir's Skeptic Tank. I'm Ari Shafir. Today we have Hormoz Rashidi. Oh, first, I got the comedy store. This Thursday, I'm playing the comedy store, the main room. My own show. Doing my hour, which is like 70 minutes. 10 bucks. Only 10 bucks if you want to come. Um, 9 o'clock in the main room on Thursday. Get tickets at AriTheGreat.com. Or you can also get tickets for Seattle on Tuesday. I'm doing the Crocodile at, I think, 8 o'clock. Get tickets to that at AriTheGreat.com as well. And you can also get tickets for Ari Shafir and Friends. Take Stampede. We're going to Calgary, you guys, and I'm bringing with me some friends. We're going to do a show. We're going to have some fun. We're going to get drunk. We're going to see what Stampede is all about. Never seen it before. Heard what The way I describe it, from what I understand, white trash Mardi Gras for Canadians. And I'm bringing with me some friends. Matt Edgar. You might know him from uh, doing a mushroom story uh, with me and my uh, storyteller show. He's also been on this podcast a few times. Kathleen McGee, also been on this podcast a few times. Tits McGee, a native Albertan. Also, Ryan O'Neill from Danish and O'Neill, also been on this podcast a few times. Oh, I guess it's all people who have been on this podcast. And the one and only Mr. Burke Kreischer is in now. He's doing it, you guys. He's coming with me. What a better what a better place to be with a drinker on the level of Burke Kreischer than Stampede. I told everybody, last one to see a venereal disease, to see it get transmitted to someone, loses. Um, today's episode is all about the Middle East. I, I invited my friend Hormoz Rashidi. Uh, he is kind of a scholar on the subject. He's also... Uh, tell from his name I don't know one of them he's from over there somewhere I don't, I don't know we talked about it I forgot I did this at my uh, bungalow that I was staying in when I was taping my show uh, a few months ago so now it's time for it to come out I wish there was another uprising or something or we went to war with somebody in the meantime so this would be more relevant but it's not I mean it's still pretty relevant we're still there by the way as soon as I'm done with this I'm going to download uh, Game of Thrones and I'm going to watch it Game of Thrones perfectly illustrates a lot of what U.S. imperialism is all about. You look at that show, the books, whatever, if you're smart, and it just becomes obvious why we're in these countries. It's just about money interests. It's just about alliances. It just really makes it all real clear about what we're doing in all these other countries. Reality, martial law is coming soon to the hood to kill you while you hanging your flag out your project window. Yeah. 
The fourth branch of the government, aka the media, seems to now have a retirement plan for ex-military officials, as if their opinion was at all unbiased. A machine shouldn't speak for men, so shut the fuck up, you mindless drone. And you know it's serious when these same media outfits are spending millions of dollars on a PR campaign to try to convince you they're fair and balanced when they're some of the most ignorant and racist people giving that type of mentality a safe haven. We act like we share in the spoils of war that they do. We die in wars. We don't get the contracts to make money off them afterwards. We don't get weapons contracts, nigga. We don't get cheap labor for our companies, nigga. We are cheap labor, nigga. Turn off the news and read, nigga. Read. Read. So anyway, Hormos came in and talked to me uh, all about the Middle East. We had a long uh, drive back from uh, somewhere once. I think San Diego. I think he came and opened for me in San Diego in La Jolla. And on the way back, we all got high, and he just started talking about everything. I just let him go, and he just sort of explained everything in the Middle East, like all the how the different countries are. I mean, the way we view all the Arab countries in the Middle East, and I call them all Arab, even though they're not all Arab, whatever. Um I love that, just being able to slough off people like, I'm not an Arab with a whatever. Um, they're not all the same. They're different countries with different histories. Lumping them all in is kind of like uh, someone else holding Canada responsible for the way America acts. Like, you know, you're a white Northern American. Um, anyway, so he uh, came in and kind of broke down the whole uh, the whole situation in the Middle East right now. It's, I mean, definitely didn't solve anything, but it's pretty fun... Uh, pretty fun discussion i'm home right now my parents house for father's day went to see my dad my cousin came over we watched the nba final game together with my uh with my nephew man fun times anyway let's start the episode this episode is brought to you by the way by casper casper has mattresses has um sheets has all sorts of stuff i have used them they are wonderful very comfortable mattresses there's one problem with it. By the way, go to casper.com slash Ari uh, or use the promo code Ari or both, I guess. I don't know. And get $50 towards any mattress you purchase. The only problem with their mattresses, I have had sex on them. And when you have sex on a Casper mattress and it's with someone you don't know very well and when you finish having sex, you're full of regret the issue with doing it on a Casper mattress is that they're comfortable and the woman is in no mood to leave. So you're filled with just self-disgust, just like, ugh, what am I still doing here? And you're a good enough person that you can't be like, get the fuck out. So Casper's made it difficult. Casper's made it difficult. My old bed, which was a rock and two pieces of wood, uh, women never stayed. They said this isn't fun at all. But the two technologies, the hybrid of latex foam and memory foam on the Casper mattress makes horrible, annoying women that you got drunk and made mistakes with um, a real problem. So use Casper if you have a wife or a girlfriend or you are celibate in any way. Don't use Casper if you're looking for girls not to spend the night. It's too comfortable, everybody. 
$500 for a twin-size mattress, $950 for a king-size mattress. Comparing that to industry averages, that's an outstanding price point. Why don't you guys actually compare it? You see for yourself if it's an outstanding price point. So anyway, casper.com slash Ari. Use the promo code Ari. And it is. I've slept on them. They're a very comfortable mattress. And the sheets and stuff. They, I don't. I guess I'm not promoting that, but I guess I will. Why is that not in here? Anyway, they sell sheets and bedding, and that's they're real soft and comfortable and warm. Um, let's start the episode. Dun, 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 dun. Let's go in with a birthday song by Saddam Hussein's soldiers. A happy birthday to Saddam. Whatever happened to him? <laughs> you know what I really didn't like with the Middle East? When they liberated Libya, li- liberated it, and, um, and then they killed him. They killed Gaddafi, and I was like, why not just try him? It just seems like... I mean, I guess we get to this in this episode, where you can't put our standards of justice on a people that have no no thought of that no no history of like let's have a trial by 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 jury they just don't that's just not in their history and we're just forcing this history all right let's just start the episode ladies and gentlemen Ari Shapiro Skeptic Tank episode 269 the Middle East with Homos Rashidi I know I'm forgetting shit I know I'm forgetting shit in this intro there was definitely something I wanted to talk about fucking cheap ass NBA finals goddamn cheap ass you know they shouldn't have taken game five should have been over in five fucking suspend a guy for talking trash in the last two minutes of a blowout bullshit that's bullshit oh he swung at his balls nah He's, LeBron James was standing over him bullshit you stand over a guy you walk over a grown man expect him not to get up and do something to you you didn't even do anything LeBron didn't even feel any pain please NBA is crooked as fuck I'm done with it, at least until next year, or at least until the Pelicans get good in like seven or eight years. Ladies and gentlemen, Ari Shavis, Captain Tank, episode 269, The Middle East with Homer Zoshidi. Let's start it. <laughs> When people when people aren't happy with their government, yeah, they'll they'll kill off they'll the government, yeah. yeah, and they'll they'll take change. We're too happy with our lives. We're too happy with our lives right now in America for that to, for for us to revolt and kill off the politicians. Yeah, we're mostly happy. Yeah, so I, why I take a the chance in jail? TV, yeah, you know, where it's like shit's wrong. It's yeah. wrong, but like not wrong enough to like risk jail time. No, right, not when at you all. have your flat screen well, TV. I mean, the people who are being oppressed are, are mostly in the third world. Yeah. We get to we get to feed off of or their like suffering. We were, we were just talking about Yusef, where it's like the people in San Francisco are like, you know, that's mansplaining or that's that's misogynist right. or that's like a, a, a gender normative word, and it's like gender normative. Man, we have it pretty good here. Yeah, yeah. If that's your people issue. who are hungry aren't aren't thinking <laughs> of any of these terms. Yeah. Yeah. People who have bombs falling aren't thinking about you know. Yeah, men and women <laughs> that's great. You just don't have that luxury. No, yeah, that's a, that's a, that's how good we have it here. Yeah, 
So my lawyer was like, don't call for anyone specific to die. Don't say you have to kill this person. But that is how I feel. Like, if you want to make change, voting is not the way. Especially with business and politics, they won't allow you to to change it. Nobody, no regime I've seen in across the world has ever just given back power on their own. I mean, there's slow change through on the edges, slow like change. like like. Uh, I mean, there's a civil war to end slavery, right? Yeah. So that wasn't that was it's that was a lot war. of stuff, really. Yeah, but but then the, it took a hundred years, and I think this LBJ movie is about to come out. That's going to show that he had to like really bully people into voting for black people to have the right to vote. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Nobody so, wants to do that. Yeah. So so change. Through the process is possible. On the, it's not going to change the system. Yeah. It's not going to change the capitalist system or the republic. Yeah, and the way people we like vote no Obama. Obama voting. Obama now gay, gay, gay marriage is legal. And I was like, gay marriage is legal. Yeah, and that's in the but, edge. But gay marriage also was legal in thirty-five Already, states yeah. before. Yeah. And it's so all in the periphery. Gay marriage is thirty percent more legal than it was. Yeah, yeah. It's periphery. So it's social shit here or yeah. there. The the major like two two party system oh, is yeah. always going to be in place, which is which is what the corporate they want. want we only have to buy so out two people. Yeah, if we buy out both of those people, we're good. <laughs> exactly. In a parliament system like we can't control all of them. Exactly, and then they can form coalition governments and stuff. That's the thing. People are disenfranchised here by the system of government, and they're uh, what's the word? They they don't believe their vote matters. Yeah. So they don't vote, they don't and vote. that all feeds into what. The corporate elite want. Yeah, what I are believe we at, Noam like explains everything. Forty-seven percent voting. No, I think in Obama's elections it was like fifty-one. It went but, up. but but in the off presidential elections it's down to like forty. I think. Wow, it's really low. Nobody for votes when it's not shit. for president. Yeah. yeah, that's why Republicans always do so good in the off presidential only elections. Only old people yeah, vote. Only old people vote, and, and the Republicans vote. Right. You know, people who really care about their money. Yeah, I started to see like Tea Party. Uh, the Occupy movement, I'm like, they're all the same thing. They're people who don't feel like they're being heard at yeah. all. It's not even like, I want my thing done. It's like, we're not even being heard. Right. We're, 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 our vote doesn't go to anything. Not we win or lose, but like, it doesn't get anything done. Yeah. They just continue to do just what they want. It's a system, pretty yeah. much. The and NSA spying on everybody and then just going, oh, right, we got to stop that. And now they have more power than they did before. Yeah. And it's like, what? So yeah. our outrage means nothing. <laughs> yeah, oh, that was illegal. It's still illegal, but they were able to do it. We what? get mad about them fucking spying on our on our web searches, and then they go, "No, no, no, don't do that." Or the, the what, the, whatever the free trade thing was online, and then uh, and they're like, "No," and they're like, "All right, all right," and then like, is somebody nobody looking? Like five minutes later, they'll put it back in again. Right. You know, I don't know. No, but I mean, then on the on the other hand. I just had a bunch of I had I had surgery on yeah, my for sure. on my arm and on my head that was paid for through <laughs> yeah. Obamacare. Yeah. And so on the periphery o- Obama was able to take a messed up system where I wouldn't have had Oh, you got uh, the Obamacare, huh? Yeah, I I I'm covered through Covered California, which is like part how of Obamacare. Uh, I ended up paying like nothing for my surgery. How much you pay a year? Um, I don't know. I think I think because I I'm making minimum wage at the How much do you make? Store. That's all that's your only job store? Yeah. So so because because I make nothing, so far I haven't paid anything. Okay. But uh so go Obama. But a, a more effective I mean that's better than the old system which was emergency rooms and no surgeries for me. Right. Uh, a better system would have been a single payer system which the majority of people want, but they're not going to get What is because- a single payer system? What does that mean? Single payer system is the government becomes the people, who, the, the only people who take care of healthcare. You can yeah. purchase better healthcare through a private p- party, but it's yeah. a public kind of like program. Pi- private schools and public schools. Yeah, 
everybody okay. gets public school. You can pay extra if you want to go to a private school. So everybody would then, it's what like Canada has, it's what Europe has. Yeah. Everybody would be covered. And because everybody's covered under one person, yeah. that person can control costs and keep costs lower. So, so that... Uh, and you have people every, who work, doctors who are just like, I work for the government. Yeah, exactly. And it's like the less prestigious stuff. All the best doctors would probably still work private and you could still go to them. But you would have other doctors who would be willing to... It might be a way that they might be able to get less... Like public get, defendants get, Yeah, in kind court, of like that. Yeah. Where it's like, if they were amazing, they could And get, maybe they just want to help people for a few years. Right, right, right. But, learn the craft, too, maybe. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they said I mean, that would be a terrible. more efficient system. The weight lines are forever, and it's like, meh, sort of, but... Yeah, sort of. The weight's long. Still not worth three times more expensive right. coverage. For they have better results. For the richest people, of course, it's better to be an American and have good health care. But for the poorest but people, the results are just better. But if you're richer, you can just still afford the good health care. Yeah. Like the, the coverage I was getting for mental health when I was going through my so you have to worst depressions, uh, every, every good therapist was like, oh, no, no, I don't take insurance. And I was so poor. I was like, well, right. I can't afford right. you know, all this money. So it's just like, I just can't get mental health coverage. Right. But then Rogan, who's in a different like, economic mm-hmm. area than me, he was like, I'll just pay for it for you. But people like that can get proper coverage yeah because they're like i will pay for it that that's not good yeah. that's good enough for people but not good enough for me <laughs> yeah private school is good enough for my kids public <laughs> yeah. school is good enough for your kids yeah yeah exactly and i mean i, I think i think yeah, i think government should be results oriented yeah and i think i think you could you could get better results with this for the same amount of money if you had a single payer system you, you, i just you would know have, weinbach Oh, that's single payer. Single payer means you'll pay the, the doctors. Weinbach, he was, he was like, I went from not being able to afford insurance to being forced to buy this insurance that I can't afford. So now I'm, I'm really not getting by anymore. Yeah, I, 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 I've heard some people in the middle, especially comedians, because it's like uh, a lot of them are poor and, and, and get free health insurance. But then as soon as you get into that middle group where you you're making- a commercial a year. Yeah, exactly. Then grand. suddenly you're in this different group and they, and they expect you to get health insurance. And I don't know if that's the best way to do it either. Uh, I mean, that's why I'm saying like it's not the best system. Like I, I, I benefited on the periphery from them improving the system slightly. Yeah. But a better system would be if everybody paid in- to it as part of their taxes and everybody was covered yeah and then that way uh you know brent wouldn't have to pay extra because it would already have been part of what he's paying already in taxes and people who say oh we'd have to increase taxes so much blah 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 we already pay so much for this military stuff yeah. if we also we, if we do pay for insurance now we pay i think three times more than the next country and we get the 17th best coverage yeah it's insane. but so if we do pay for it now you can take most people take and this isn't like the best coverage. This is just okay coverage. Well, my mom got yeah. was just okay coverage. Yeah. Um, but she had to because she had kids and it's fucking. Yeah. She had to. Yeah. Or you stay at your job because you have to stay at that job that has yeah. good coverage. But like you take that same money you're spending on insurance and you put that towards taxes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. it's not like you're losing more less money. Less though. So you 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 put less money in taxes and you right. get better results. Yeah. And then it would be another way that good good businesses that want to attract really good oh, people they could have better would insurance. have better insurance. They'd say, hey, and it wouldn't cost them as much as getting that better insurance from the first place because you would already be, have a base level insurance that was covered by the government, and it would just be like MRIs and things like that 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 we you'd have to go through. For you. Yeah, the, the, you might have to go through some hoops if if you had regular. 
You know, public okay. insurance, oh. private insurance gets you through those faster. Why can't they get it done? Because right now the current system, the insurance companies have they're private insurance companies, but have forced people to, to be with them. Oh, right. So, so instead of it being one public insurance that's run by the government, it's a bunch of smaller ones. So it wasn't working all, already, and they yeah. go, now you guys just have way more. We'll customers. lower the cost a little bit, or we'll pay for some of the poor guys. Yeah. But now everyone has Everybody to pay. Everybody has to have has for this, to go for this you. system that wasn't working. Yeah. So it's kind of that's like hilarious. car insurance. Like you have to get car insurance. Wait. So that's so, so Geico and all these people. All so these why couldn't they that. get it done with single payer? Because the, the government is controlled by a two-party, both corporate party system. Both supported by these big businesses, yeah. insurance they, they, companies in they general. They lobby so many millions and millions and millions of dollars and hire former senators and former congressmen. To go talk to, to those go guys? To talk to those guys and say, hey, what? pass it like this, pass it like this. And it's just a, it's a corrupt system. That's why what we're talking about, you're, so you're, even if guys aren't fully on the take, they're still like being told, no, no, you haven't read the whole bill. Trust me, this is better for Americans. Like, oh, yeah. okay. I mean, Obama even said he was for single payer, but then he was like, it wasn't politically feasible. And that's just a nice way of saying uh, our government is controlled by corporations. That's the biggest disappointment I had with Obama because I canvassed for him. I like really believed in him and everything. Yeah, and, yeah and me I still, too. Me too. I still love him in, in a deeper way that that I can't even explain because he he did a lot for me, and I just was the first politician that I really believed in. Uh-huh. So it's hard to give that up. But the biggest disappointment I had with him was he said that in the healthcare negotiations, C-SPAN's cameras were going to be in there to show who's fighting for the insurance companies and who's fighting for uh, the people. And then he went back on that because nobody in Congress wanted to be overheard arguing against single payer because wow. the arguments against single payer are all for bureaucratic costs. Because that's what the insurance companies, hmm. it, it's, it's a, it's a middleman that just adds bureaucratic Your costs. Bureaucratic costs. They're for what? The the private insurance companies just add on a bureaucratic cost. They're a middleman that doesn't actually give you any health insurance. Oh, they just get they you to they, go they to the doctor. They don't. Yeah, they don't train doctors. Oh. They don't. They don't. They don't put doctors and nurses into a good staff that that, that that knows how to cure things. They're just somebody in the middle who you talk to who collects some of your money. They're like the middleman in the in the in the <laughs> scheme. So it's like in other countries have gotten rid of the middleman and say, hey, the government will just keep it as one person and we'll keep the costs down. And, and and have the bureaucracy be as small as possible. They'll be a nonprofit. We'll pay yeah, the employees exactly. who do it, exactly. but then we won't make any profits off exactly. it. Exactly. And there will, there will be no incentive to, to charge a, a sick person more money because you're not making money off sick people. <laughs> They're making money off sick people right now. And wow. It's, it's, it's yeah, they want up. it to happen. Yeah. Wow, that's if, hilarious. If everybody got healthy... Insurance companies would be would be fucked. They need people to be sick. This is apartment and, and, brokers and, in New York. They make you go through them. And you can go no fee rentals, but those are the shittiest possible rentals. They just cornered the market with these landlords and say, mm-hmm. you know, well, well, and then they charge you two months rent to get just a place. Yeah. And it's like, you're just getting the listings. They're just getting the West Side rental listings, but the only ones who have access to it. You can't, you can't sign up for it yourself. No, there's other little ones that like do, uh, they do it for you. RDNY, I think is one, but it's not everything. It's not everything. Yeah. I just, when I lived in New York, I found my place off Craigslist, and it was deep in Flatbush. But did you live alone? Them. No, it was with, so it was with a roommate. You're, you're getting it from a roommate, yeah, and not it was, from it a landlord. Was, yeah, it was from yeah, a roommate. Yeah, and it was That's so far, so so <laughs> far. When it snowed, I wouldn't be able to ride the subway. The subway station would get shut down sometimes. Oh no! And then it'd be like impossible to get to like any mics and stuff. You're just fucked. Yeah. When did you live there? I, I lived there until like November of 2011 for like 
almost two years. When you when your wife left you under horrible circumstances? <laughs> yeah. Is that what it was? Yeah. It was oh, in, okay, we lived okay. in we lived in New York together. She went to NYU Law, and we lived in the I lived in the village there, which was the dopest. And then oh yeah, it we, is the East Village and West Village. Yeah. Damn. Right there on Mercer and Bleecker. Okay, it was that's like West the best Village. location. It's a lot so of nice. night. Yeah. A lot of dr- drunks. Yeah, but it's like fun. Yeah. And and yeah. I loved Washington Square Park. Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that park. But uh, then when we split, I moved to Flatbush because it's the only place I could afford. And I lived there for a year before just running out of my money and being like, All right, I'll move back home to Cali. Dude, somebody in Washington Square Park, I was out. I wanted weed. So, I, you know, you mm-hmm. can't, can't go anywhere, you know? And nope, you can't ask your friends. Most of them don't have weed on them. Uh, so, you, you know, you walk by there and fucking some guy's like, weed. And it's like, all right, there's enough to roll a joint. You didn't know a number to call? That There's those numbers. Here's the problem. I never really got into it because every time I tried, um, um, I brought a bunch of weed from L.A. And so I didn't really get started. Like, You I just find fly with weed? Service. See, that's crazy to me. I would never. Why? Why? I always get my bag searched. So what? They're not looking for that. I've had them find weed on. I guess you're a different but look I'm, than but, me. But I'm Hormoz Rashidi, though. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> you know? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. If it was Ari Rashidi, yeah. it might be different too. <laughs> That's how I feel about those USO shows. I'm like, I can't go to this country. <laughs> I'm not with Ari Shafir. It's my name. <laughs> right. It's just if I get separated, I'm in a lot of trouble. <laughs> just don't get separated. I would go <laughs> yeah. right. I would go so hard to those USO shows. I bet. I bet. Th- if it's the all stay on base ones, yeah. But I like to yeah. explore. Yeah, it's true. And in, in some of those countries, you can't go exploring. You can't. Mm-mm. Thailand. I'm like, see you guys later. I'm gonna walk the streets. I might get robbed. Might not. See ya. Yeah. But it's just robbed. I'm not, I'm not going to be made a martyr of. Yeah. Wait, so. I forgot what we were saying. Um, I don't know. I remember we were talking about uh, the HuffPost thing. Oh, yeah. And how uh, if you want real change, you have to kill some politicians, right? <laughs> And uh, the guy who asked me, he's like, "Do you vote? Do you do political comedy?" He's like, "Not really." And it's like, "Yeah, if you want a revolution, yeah, if you actually want to revolt, it, that, but that's not that's not change. I mean, changing a law is change. Yeah, like it, it, there is change when gay people were allowed to marry in those other. 15 I mean, like states getting government. Compl- I mean, but if you're gonna if you want to change the structure of the yeah, government, yes, yes, you either need to have a constitutional convention where you have to get like three-fourths of people who are already corporate chills yeah. to then vote against their interests. Simply. I know. They'll never so going to do it'll, it. It'll, it'll never happen. It doesn't make so it. So then yeah. the only yeah. way, So the ergo, only real way, the yeah. only real like possible way is through revolution, and that'll never happen because life's great in America. I don't know, man. It's already started, if you ask me. That dude just shoot up the TSA. That There's crazies. Was, that, it's not, that guy wasn't crazy. The guy who lit himself on fire in the National Mall. That's these crazy. people have, these people the, the, these have no crazy. history of it, mental illness until they just feel disillusioned by their government. How is it different than that guy in Tibet who lit himself on fire? Well, because in Tibet at the time, uh, I, I think China was like not letting these religious people practice their religious yeah. stuff, and these and, that, and that's religious craziness that they can drive somebody to do that. I think it's even if they fervor. don't have a nat- it's just even fervor. if they don't have a history of it, there yeah. was some there was some craziness going on already. I think I think the real reason that it's not going to have a revolution actually here yeah. or like a is because Why? the global system I feel like is set up so that. We're a consumer society that consumes mainly Chinese and Eastern goods, and then we borrow money from Eastern countries like China and Japan to consume those goods and then send the money back to those countries, and it's like a cycle. Yeah. Like what we have with the farm. What's that? Like what we have with the farm. We'll give you money, give us corn. That'll be, you can buy tractors with that. 
Yeah, and that, but but we'll we'll give you we'll give you money to not grow corn to, to make GI <laughs> Joes. Yeah. Uh, so, so basically, not grow corn, so, right. so basically, we buy Chinese goods that are made by sweatshop people yeah. with money that they lend us. So they're going to oh, really? keep lending us money. We're, like we we owe China a whole bunch of money. We're we're in debt to China, and we have a trade deficit to China. So, so, trade so de- which means we're losing more. Which means we're losing. We buy more stuff from China than we sell to China. Obviously, right? You don't hear they about don't shit from Chinese us. people buying shit from Americans. Why would they? Yeah. They make everything over there. And we buy it at Walmart and all these places. So people here are being exploited in that they don't have as good of manufacturing jobs as they used to that could have, that could make them take care of their families the way they used to. But people are not exploited the way they have to be to revolt, which is the way people are being treated in in China. The real fear is people in China are going to revolt because they're the ones who are being like – treated so badly to make this shit and not make much money the rich in china are getting rich the rich here are getting filthy rich the poor here get to buy the cheap hdtvs and be pacified by mcdonald's yeah eat mcdonald's drink beers smoke weed that's going to be legal soon too and just watch tv on all your foreign made stuff that's made in sweatshops honestly if you if you you were like kind of a good life if you were like a king in the fucking Middle Ages, you wouldn't a live king. as good as the poor person. Nah, yeah, right. for real. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's 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 insane. <laughs> it's, it's a crazy life. Yeah. yeah, everyone has fucking Walmart employees have iPhones for six hundred bucks. Everybody, and does. you're like, wait, what? Yeah. you don't have enough money for this. I see homeless people with iPhones. <sighs> I saw a homeless guy dancing with. The, I remember the first time with an iPod, the the, the headphones in. <laughs> he was dancing around, but then he did a spin, and it just wasn't plugged into anything. <laughs> <laughs> he just had, he just had the headphones. <laughs> Oh, homeless people are the best. They're critical. They're so Except funny. for touching. But, yeah, um, I hate when they come around the store and like make everything gross. Yeah. But like when you just walk by them on the street, it's they're, they're pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. I, I've got my, my couple homeless people that I care about, you know? I think you can't care about all of them. But you got, yeah. you got yeah. a couple that you're like, oh, I hope Hey, Jonah, hey, Ben, here's a quarter. No, 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 don't, don't, don't touch. Don't touch me. Don't touch <laughs> yeah, me. I'm yeah. going to just, I'll just throw it in. I'll throw it in the hat. <laughs> I can see uh, the lights moving around on that. It's a, it's a layer of them. Um, wait, by the way, that's why. China lost Hong Kong for that same trade deficit shit. Whereas, um, if China I'm if g- gained if, Hong Kong, no, back. Yeah, from 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 uh, Great Britain. No, but I'm saying how they lost in the first place. How they lose it? Yeah, was uh, the silk trade opened up? Mm-hmm. Britain was like, we want your silk. I'm sure it's like, yeah, sure, sell it to us. Uh, we'll sell it to you. And they're like, okay, but now I mean, you got to take some from us. How about opium? Like, oh no, we don't want opium. It's bad for our and people. They forced them. And they said you need to take our opium. And said like, we have no interest in it. Thank you anyway. If you still want silk, uh, this is the price. We're not going to gouge right. you. Like this is the price, like we said before. But we we don't want your opium, man. So that's okay. As a, just pay us for the silk. And uh, the Britons really wanted silk, so they're like, no, we got to give them something. We need. We can't have a trade deficit, so they're like, take our fucking opium. And they pulled up warships yeah. outside Shanghai and just pointed at people, pointed at the fucking government. Opium said, wars, right? Yeah, that, opium that, wars. Yeah. And then they said, okay, not only are you fucking opening up and taking our opium. Uh, just so you know, we're taking Hong Kong for a hundred years, ninety-nine years, whatever it was. Yeah. Um, so we're right here, ready for you guys. Yeah. Yeah. And it's they crazy. said no another time. And I think the Americans came and did the same shit. That's why. That, that's why that that is actually exactly why I never say no to opium. Why? <laughs> whenever, whenever I get offered opium, I'm like, oh well. <laughs> you know, I've Have you learned ever taken opium. Time. Uh, I did it once in college, and it didn't. I think it was like bunk. I don't think uh, it was like real shit. 
I would do it if I was like in the Middle East or something and that was what they were doing. But yeah. I'm not trying to fuck with like heroin out here. Yeah. Like somebody's like, it's opium. And then you find out you just smoked heroin. <laughs> like, oh, shit. Oh, that's what I was going to say about Washington Square Park. I went to this guy. I was like, can I buy some weed? Yeah. Or he was like, weed. I was like, yeah, enough for a joint. You know, I'll roll a joint and smoke it. And so the guy's like, oh, I was like, what do you got? He's like, this is whatever he made up. And he goes, smell that. And I smelled that. I see him put it behind his back and switch hands. I see it. But I wanted to be like, hey, dude, what you had me smell was also not good enough to buy. <laughs> like, like, you don't have to switch that. It's already beyond. I'm surprised you couldn't find somebody. No, no. So I, I just didn't. I had my weed with me. I came back here enough times where I got going. And then when I needed in a pinch, it was like, fuck. Yeah. One or two guys was like, Are you holding? There's one guy I know, but never a full service. Yeah. And the service I did find, people were like, hey, use this. It's good. I'm like, it's not good. It's shitty fucking New York weed, and it's one type. Oh, no, no, no. My service... Brooklyn uh, services are better. No, no, no. When I was in the village, my oh, service really? was off the hook as far as the quality goes. I think it was Cali shit. Oh. But but then he would give you two grams for 60 bucks. Yeah, the 50, was, 50 bags. Like, oh. 50 bags. It was no 50 relation to weight. You bought, if you bought five of them, you could get them at 50 <laughs> a bag. But if you bought one, it was 60. And well, it was Zen good. Prices. But, oh. Yeah, their eighths are not eighths. Makes you not want to smoke weed. <laughs> Makes you be like, this is fucking bad for my life. But out here, twenty dollars an eighth is is what no I get way. my shit from. Yeah, what? Now, I'm I'm gonna plug a place. Yeah, twenty uh, an eighth. <laughs> twenty. Well, I mean, they have twenty dollar eighths and twenty five dollar eighths, and they go up to like forty five dollar eighths. But I, I usually get about like a half ounce for eighty bucks so for 20, my weed shop. Twenty eighths are terrible, though, aren't they? This is what you're smoking right now. Oh, right. It's pretty good. It's smooth. It's good. You can look at it. It looks dope. Uh, it's just usually it's either the best of their outdoor shit or like some indoor that they've had for a while that hasn't been selling. So they they sell, but it's good weed, and it I, I get like a half ounce for eighty bucks a half ounce, which comes out to twenty an eighth. Oh, I but get but it. you got to buy it at Still a little. It's twenty five dollar an eighth or thirty dollars an eighth. If Zen you buy is it sixty the for the good stuff for like Maui Waui. They're sixty fifty five or sixty. Yeah. I mean, you can get better weed than what Natural Remedies on Western has. Yeah. But you're not going to get a better price. Natural Remedies? Natural Remedies on Western <laughs> uh, between Melrose and Santa Monica. Tell them Hormo sent you. <laughs> you won't get a discount or anything, but maybe they'll give me weed. <laughs> <laughs> they'll give you a free paper. <laughs> uh, no, they're their best price. They're they're already twenty and busy. Eight. I, and I, hope they they, I hope nobody goes. When I had, when I heard people go forty dollar caps, you're like, wow, that's pretty great. Yeah, this place I think has a forty dollar cap. But the 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 shit on the left menu, which is the cheapest shit, is the shit that I almost always get, and uh, and it's great, and it comes out to twenty and eight. Damn. Yeah, they do good work. All right, so wait, so here's what we were talking about. So at the Americas, we have this trade deficit to China right now. And they're the ones you're yeah. saying they're going to revolt. I'm saying that's the only real fear is is if China has a revolution and, and says, hey, we don't want to get exploited. But the, I don't think that's going to happen either because I think, I think the Chinese are pretty good at running their, their people over with tanks and shit. Yeah. You know? like, Wait, I feel hold like, on. No revolt. That dude flew his plane into the IRS. Sure, okay. There's signs. No, people no, are getting all it takes is people, people to get organized. I'm not saying people aren't upset. I'm not saying that there probably is, is a movement that's getting organized even. There probably I'm is. not part of it. I love America. I just want to point that I do out. Too, but quick. there probably is. You don't have to point it out as hardly as I do. Hormos Rashidi <laughs> loves America. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. Uh, but <laughs> but but I, I just think that Think life's too good in America. Mm-hmm. Life is just too good. Yeah. I mean, m- maybe it's because I grew up in California and I've only lived in California and New York City and yeah. Washington, D.C., all pretty good places to live. But I feel like life's pretty good. 
uh, well, when people compare it to like, to like, uh, like, oh, if you don't like it so much, then what about why don't you go to another country like fucking uh, Mexico or China or something? You're like, oh no, what about Switzerland or Denmark or England or Canada? Like, why would you list all the worst possible yeah. countries as like <laughs> yeah. it's better than this? Yeah, I don't know. I feel like Mexico seems pretty dope. You know, <laughs> I feel like, I feel like Mexico past the border. Towns, I, maybe. I mean, I, I I could I could see myself living in Mexico for a lot of the the year. Uh, yeah. It's just it's just the political system is fucked up, and there's no there's no good economy. But like, man, it, it, I bet if America could have taken over all of Baja Mexico, like all yeah. the way down to Tijuana, Rosarito, that's all nice areas. Why wouldn't <laughs> yeah. they? You know, they just didn't didn't they couldn't they didn't want to fight the Spaniards more. They at some point they were like, okay, this is all we need. <laughs> you know, or else we would have taken it. We tried to take parts of Canada. Everybody shits on Canada, like like we gave Canada away. Like no, we tried to take that from the British too. But what, they, that's they fought why us they off. put their lines back. Yeah, they fought us and we lost. And then we were like, okay, th- then then the colonies stop here. We'll stop the war. You get there. Yeah. You get there. Yeah. Really? Yeah. In the Battle of eighteen twelve, which is the battle after the revolution between the U.S. and Great Britain, when they attacked us, we attacked Canada. We didn't attack like them at where they attacked us. Oh, like, like fucking- Canada was in play. Like uh, the fucking Game of Thrones when he started attacking the outskirts yeah. of the... Of the uh, Dude, I love Game of Thrones so much. Have yeah. you been watching it? Yeah, this, this year I'm two, a couple episodes behind, but yeah. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Like you didn't think I love that when he's when he's... killed, but when she does... Who? Khaleesi, when she yeah. dies, it's like really sad. What? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> if, I, if you like ruin something that bad. No. <laughs> but that's why I said something absurd. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, all those things. They would attack the outskirts of the kings, and they're like, we're losing all these fucking money and all these people out there. Yeah. They keep running by us with that giant dog horse of theirs, killing my men, until eventually they had to call somebody to get them back, right? Yeah. That was Red Wedding. Yeah. That's how we went into, to Arabia. Oh, man. Middle East is fucked. Why? Well, I mean, I think I think it was fucked because... We switched from whale oil to oil, and then, and then right at the end of World War II, you know, when the U.S. was dominating the world, we discovered it there, and then we were like, okay, it's ours. We and, want it. Yeah, we want it. I mean, like, we, we might not want it to get cheap gas here, but we want to make sure we control its flow, you know? Yeah. So we, we care about that area, and then they... Like I think it was a couple of years ago, they found lithi- a huge lithium deposit in Afghanistan. So we're not leaving Afghanistan either, because all of our phones and future cars are made with lithium. So you want to make sure we can get access to it? Yeah, that's yeah. why we don't get out. I th- I think because if we get out and and it becomes chaos, yeah, I think they wish that they could have it be with the dictators they had ten years ago. But because if we, they just want stability, because stability is good for global business yeah. and trade. And and the more stability, the more money they make. So that they want to make sure, like, hey, we've got presence here. We're going to calm it down. Yeah. Just having peacekeepers there for ourselves. Ultimately, I think that's the goal. Yeah, is to have peacekeepers and just. I think I think like U.S. and China's relationship is really interesting because we're global trade partners and they finance us, but we also we're also like rivals in in a way. Uh-huh. Not the way we were with the Soviet Union, where it was direct conflict there was a cold war but in that we don't want them to have access to those that oil yeah because that's the only check we really have on their economy is access to fossil fuels what do you mean check on our economy why would you want check on an economy well i mean like if if china wanted to to 
cash all of the money that, that we owe them. Yeah. We could print our own money and hand, and hand it to them and, and, and it would make the money worth less so they would never do that. And, and it, would make, it, would, it, would make, it would cause everybody to suffer because... Because all our dollars would be worth less. Everybody's dollar would be worth less. That's Inflation what Germany after World happen. War One. Inflation was so bad it took them like probably yeah yeah you know thousands of dollars to buy a loaf of bread yeah exactly so so we don't want that in America but they also don't want all their money to be worthless because they've, right. they they call this favor and by calling it in means now we get nothing yeah so so China so China's not gonna uh, not gonna do that anyway but well I don't I don't even, I'm, I'm so high right now I don't remember what was I starting with why um, we're in Afghanistan or something like that in terms of like oh oh so so we're, we we want to control the oil supply of yeah. of the Middle East so that countries like China oh yeah and, so why do we want to wait yeah, why India we... other other countries that are like emerging superpowers can't just grow without the U.S.'s influence why why do we want the check on their economy why do we want the check on their economy because we want our companies <laughs> to be able to have control of different economies because it's good for American interest. They, like they just Star- they call mean, it like national if, interest. If Starbucks is everywhere, you mean? Things like that? I, or think no? it's, I think it's beyond like Starbucks. I, th- I think it's more like they want all the farms to have probably uh, Monsanto Deere. and all the, 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 oh. big, the big American companies to be allowed in. They want to have trade agreements that allow us to exploit their resources instead of the, them using their resources to to give poor people stuff. Like a lot of these countries that we oppose uh, probably have evil, bad, like Chavez is probably a bad guy, but if you look, he opened up a lot of hospitals and shit with the oil money that used to go to, I think it was Shell. One of those oil companies. he kept it for himself. I bet he kept some of it for himself, but a lot of it went to the Venezuelan people. Yeah. And and so so I think... uh, That's what I mean for himself. For, for themselves. Yeah, yeah, for for themselves versus the rich few who who worked for Shell. Yeah, and uh, we're like, we're gonna take this out of here. Thanks, we own yeah. this land. Yeah, and, and let it go to the you yeah, know to rich feed other people. Resources come from those countries. <laughs> Fine goods get made and, and sold back to the rich people in those countries, and all the money tends to flow to the richer countries. Oh. And and I think I think that's why we're gonna be in the Middle East forever because we want to have control is that why we went the military there? over there that the control shit and keeps things peaceful yeah. allows us i think a level of control economically and all over the world is that why we went over the first of all, when i watched game of thrones and they go like we have to have interest in this country so that we can like make money through it is that is that why we're in there in the first place like with like i mean i know there was like a, a bombing of in 9-11 or whatever but like is that where you just make it up excuses to go in to get these trade I think routes? We, I think we, I think if you look at what's the name of it, Project for a New American Century, which is like yeah. this group that was Dick Cheney, Rumsfeld, Wolfowitz. I think it was like the Bushes, yeah. and and they printed out this document. It was that that was about a post Cold War world, and they're saying for the first time America is the only superpower, and this is our opportunity to shape the world in in the way that we want to. Uh, and 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 they're saying like in order to do this and in order to to get the, the government to to be willing to do this, we need to have a Pearl Harbor style attack. That's why a lot of conspiracy theorists people say, look, Wait, they, they said, said that? they said what do you mean? in this that? document they said 
in order to get the the people want the pentagon budget to be cut after after the cold war ended people were like why are we spending billions of dollars on weapons to fight the soviet union if we don't have to fight them anymore yeah so let's cut the pentagon budget but the way our economy works high-tech industry is funded through the pentagon budget other countries like japan actually have a branch of government that puts that funnels money into high-tech industry because it develops jobs our jobs program is through the Pentagon system and through NASA, but m- mainly through the Pentagon system. So, so basically, the Pentagon works on technology, hires engineers. Th- those engineers develop some weird technology that might be useful for the Pentagon. If it's not useful for the Pentagon, they then allow private companies to come in and take that technology and make, like they made lasers in the Pentagon, yeah. and then they, they made LASIK surgery possible because they developed lasers first. Oh, the so, way so, all so, video cameras develop based on porn. Exactly, <laughs> because they're like, exactly. you know, like we need like, a high def. I need you to guys see every labia lip. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but now if you guys want to use it for whatever your child barbers, yeah. fine, go for it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, wait. So, what were we just saying about that? Come on, hormones. Labia lips. No, but like, why <laughs> we need the money? <laughs> um. Fuck. Come on, this, this is too intellectual conversation for being this high. I know. I know. I can't and that's $20 an eighth weed right there. That's <laughs> uh, pretty good. Um. Going to Afghanistan. Oh, the Cheney, the document. Oh, okay. Project for a New American Century. Yeah. Uh, is this group, that was like basically all the people who ran the, the Bush administration. They got together. They, they got together. It the Project for a New American yeah, Century. Yeah, they printed it. They wrote their names. They signed their names on it. It's not a secret. Okay. It's something they did. Okay. And basically they said, now that Soviet Union's gone, we need to uh, use this as an opportunity. And people didn't want to have Pentagon be so big because you're not fighting the Soviet Union anymore. So they yeah. said... This is an opportunity. We shouldn't cut the Pentagon budget. We should increase it. Why? 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 Why increase it? Because they're like, this is our chance to use America's military might that's unsurpassed and be able to shape the world into the way we want. They're neocons, which means they thought that you could actually move into countries that have dictatorships you don't want and put in democracies. Yeah, they actually part of their ideology was spread actually democracy spread democracy to the world. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that. That wasn't just complete bullshit after the Iraq War even though they focused on it because they didn't find weapons of mass destruction. But in their documents before, they believed that America was so strong militarily that they could go in, kick out any bad guy, and establish democracy, and that people naturally would rather be under democracy, and it'll, and it'll flourish. And they were wrong, because, because in democracies, a lot of times, <laughs> the ethnic majority that was being suppressed for hundreds of years is able to win the democratic election and then murder, murder all the, the 40% that was in power and was corrupt before. Because we, we made, it, like we made it illegal to, uh, to, for, to be them. Yeah. Yeah. Like in Iraq, for example, yeah. it was a Sunni country. It was a, it was a Shia dominant country, mostly Shia people. Saddam Hussein was a Sunni. So it was Sunni minority running a Shia dominant country. We came in, took out the Sunnis, and then suddenly we have an election and the Shias come into power and the Shias and Sunnis aren't going to want to work together because the Shias don't trust the Sunnis yeah. because the Sunnis used to be in power and killed their pr- brothers and cousins and whatever. And the Sunnis don't trust the Shias because they're like, hey, we just killed your brothers and cousins. <laughs> You're probably going to come <laughs> You're probably, Yeah, and then it becomes civil war. And the Kurds have been getting killed uh, by, the, by the Sunnis before too, so they don't trust anybody either. My brother-in-law, my half-brother, excuse me, was, it, was a captain in the army. And he was in charge of setting up a provisional government in a place Crazy. like Afghanistan. And he said it took a year of negotiation 
to see meat. percentages, to see percentages of how many Shias would be here, how many Kurds, how many Sunnis. Uh-huh. You know, like it's just to negotiate. Just like no, we should have fourteen seats. Why they should only have eight? No, let's meet somewhere until yeah. they find like okay, we agree. Because let's okay, first uh, meeting will be this Thursday. It goes. Oh no, we're not sitting in a room with them. <laughs> No, we're not. That wasn't part of the. That wasn't part of the gig. I'm not sitting in a room with a fucking Shiite. Are you crazy? (laughs) No fucking way. Yeah. And then he's like, "What?" And then he was tour was over. Yeah. No, that's that's fucking insane. So that's why democracy does. You can't force up here. So we tried to, and then. So so this group, the Project for New American Century, wrote that we need to have a a a catastrophe like a Pearl Harbor style attack that would make people be willing to spend more money on, on the Pentagon thing. stuff. Yeah. Wait, so, and then that could justify them now dominating and put our democracy everywhere. Yeah. We so don't they, have to worry so they, about Russia anymore. Now we can fucking go forward. Yeah. Okay. So conspiracy theorists say 9-11 was an inside job. What's that? You want to go inside? You're just standing up. I'm standing up straight. Okay, go ahead. Conspiracy theorists say 9-11 was an inside job. You could see that they wanted a 9-11 style thing to happen so that they could do what they did. Yeah. I don't know if 9-11 was an inside job. I, don't, I, I, think, I, I think too much time gets wasted on that. But for sure, they said they wanted a, a, an attack like that to happen so that they could go into the Middle East and, re- and, and spread yeah. democracy. And they got that, and they and did they did. That. So you couldn't, it, it couldn't, wait, work. it didn't have to be an inside job, but either way, they're like, oh, that's perfect for yeah. us. Yeah, it's because, perfect. It just happened to yeah. work out. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, so so then they took that opportunity, they went in. Yeah, it's like if your team just barely gets aced out of the NBA playoffs, and you're like, well, that sucks, but you know, if we got the number one pick, it would yeah. be worth it. And then you do, and you're like, oh, well, yeah. I mean. In their defense, though, too, they tried something really hard, which is changing the world. To, to have everybody be d- democracy. Yeah. And that idea is really difficult to do. And then they had George Bush, his administration, trying to execute it. And I feel like if somebody's better, if his dad w- was trying to execute yeah. it, you know, somebody smarter, they they may have actually had a shot. Because... because in Iraq, if, if, if immediately, see, like what happened in Iraq is immediately after uh, we took over, we disbanded the Ba'ath Party, which was the party of Saddam Hussein. Yeah. But it was the only party. So anybody who worked anywhere in, in the government was part of that Ba'ath Party and suddenly got fired from all their jobs. And so you have all these people who used to have jobs, and the next day they, they all don't got have fired jobs from the jobs. Why? Because we didn't want bad because you can't have bad people. They're Saddam's people. But everybody but was everybody Saddam's was Saddam's. Didn't people. they have like a ninety nine point nine percent turnout rate every year for the elections? Quote <laughs> yeah. unquote. Yeah, because and, and it was always Saddam. <laughs> always Saddam. Yeah, yeah. But but so by disbanding the Bath Party, you took the the people who ran the government yeah. and told them you're fired. So they suddenly lost their job and you didn't have competent people running the bureaucracy that ran the government. Oh, so it's people like have no, that's so what the lights weren't coming on. Like p- things, all these government run things were, were just people didn't know how to do shit and it was just a bad move. What they should have done is they should have said, Hey, everybody gets a second chance. Saddam's gone. Uh, there is no bath party anymore. You're done. The top, the top level people who did the atrocities, we're going after them, and we're going to get them. Everybody else, you were uh, just taking orders. You're just taking orders, and we're going to keep moving forward. We're going to figure out a new way to transition in new people who are from all different ethnic backgrounds, whatever. They yeah. could have. They had an opportunity to set up a really a good system. Instead, they thought it was. They didn't. They they thought it was already done. After they took got rid of Saddam, they didn't think about the future of the country. They didn't think to actually know about the ins and outs of that yeah. people that were there. They didn't think about setting up a new government. comedy clubs know this. The improv knows, hey, if Killer Bees wants to play, we can have him at the fucking Atlanta improv. But we can't have him at the fucking... 
Brea improv because right. no one here likes Southern comedy. <laughs> right, and they so don't like, know it. Yeah, you got to ask them specifically right. who they want to see. Yeah. So we went in there with no thought of it, just like it'll be fine. Yeah. Fired everybody that we thought was we loyal fired to everybody, Saddam. Everybody who was part of Saddam's party, which was everybody which was who everybody. ran everybody. And then we we caused it to be a shit storm. And then what does that mean? That means that everything went south because the government wasn't run well because you're donated by people who don't yeah, know how to do it. All of the all of the former soldiers and stuff yeah. didn't stand and fight with Saddam. They went and took their weapons and went and hid. And now they weren't soldiers anymore. They were just guys with weapons who were fighting back against whoever was in the thing. So they just everybody started fighting for their own interests against yeah. the, the the Americans. And then that's what when do you mean we against had, the Americans? Well, I mean we, we were in Iraq for a while. Yeah, right? we just recently pulled out and we still have a big embassy. But while we were there and we were occupying the country, everybody in every we were finding Sunnis in one corner. And, and Shias in the other, and we were friends with the Kurds because the Kurds tend to be pretty chill people. <laughs> Relative really? to Shias and Sunnis, yeah. I mean, also the Kurds that I've met here are, are pretty chill. <laughs> <laughs> they're not always in the bottom, though, right? Yeah, I think they're just such an <laughs> oppressed people that, like, you, you know, you, get, you don't got to worry about them. Yeah, they're. I mean, they're. They're some of the. There's a vice thing about the Kurds fighting off ISIS. They're the most badass guys who are like just fighting nonstop because there are not that many of them over there. Oh, really? I mean, I think a lot of them are just... ISIS wiped out a lot of them. Oh. But that's the thing. Like, w- Iraq was stable under Saddam, but it was a b- bad dictator that we helped put in, whatever. We destabilized it and didn't know what the fuck we were doing for such a long time that, you know, Al-Qaeda came in who wasn't there and then, you know, changed into ISIS now. Oh, that, then, oh, you're saying that's one of those groups of people who just went back into the woods and was like, well, wait till these Americans are gone and we're just waiting here. And now they all formed. Hey, you want to be on my yeah, team? Yeah. And, then and, like, like, and that like, became oh, Al-Qaeda. Let's be Al-Qaeda. Al-Qaeda has been fighting against these these guys who came and killed your brother. Like, let's be, let's be like them too. So it was a name that people took pride in. And so they were like, hey, we're Al-Qaeda. And then when, when another group came in and said, hey, ISIS... And, 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 and had flashier or whatever. And, and they tagged whatever. the corner here. ISIS, <laughs> yeah, they, ISIS, they, they ISIS were the next crew. gang that was like, we're even badder than these guys. We're going to do this. They came in and, you know, I, I feel like, I feel like, the, I don't know. I think, I think uh, going back to uh, people got to die for change. It's like, I feel like America has to at some point just get out of the way. Yeah. And just know that there's going to be a lot of innocent, sad people that are going to die. And just and we, we made a mistake. Now get out. We made a mistake. Whatever. Get out and and try and support uh, any sort of thing that comes out of the peace negotiations. Because eventually people will kill each other, and eventually at some point the killing will stop, and somebody will will be the leader. And and then at that point we negotiate with whoever that person is. But it's sad. But I I mean we we can't make the world all democracy is what it turns out. Well, it turns out people hate each other too. Yeah, this is what happened with India too. When they kicked out the the, the exactly. that's what pa- that's exactly. what formed Pakistan. Yeah, exactly. Like we're gonna just keep murdering you until you get back exactly. to that country, and now that's Pakistan. So they're exactly. all one ethnic group. When you bring democracy, yeah, whoever is the bigger ethnic group is gonna win and want to kick out the other people, and those other people are gonna go to them. another section and say we're autonomous now. We want and we want independence, and it's just gonna be civil war, civil war, civil war. Uh, yeah. How many different ethnic groups are there in that region? Oh, it's like I Afghanistan and Iraq. No, I think it's. I, I, well, I mean, hundreds there's like there's ethnic like, groups. If you talk about India, I think India has hundreds. Oh, of India, yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. there's like the Pashtuns and the and, and the people like the Muslims in Kashmir versus the Christians in Kashmir. There's like so many different subsets over there that all want autonomy. Uh, in the, in the Middle East, it's like there's Kurdish people, there's Sunnis and Shias. Among the Shias, mostly because most Iranians are Shia. 
There's Iranian and Arab Shias. Is that how the country started in the first place? <coughs> Through like ethnic lines? No, Iran's been a country for a long time. From the Persian Empire times, it's it's been Iran. Yeah. Uh, what about Iraq and Afghanistan? And I think it's... It, it, Iraq and Afghanistan are on different sides of Iran. Yeah, remember were they always formed like that, or no. was that just like over Af- time? After World War Two, after World War One, the Ottoman Empire collapsed, and yeah. France and Great Britain mainly started breaking up the Middle East into little chunks. They just put themselves in charge of it. Yeah, they 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 gave each other little colonies, oh. and they put people in charge of it. So so they took Saudi Arabia and they gave it to the the, the Kingdom of Saudi or whatever. And they took Jordan and they gave it to the King Abdullah or whatever of Jordan. And they gave and they took a little what? piece off of Iraq and made that Kuwait because they were like, "There's too much oil in in Iraq. Let's split it into two so that no one guy, you know, one dictator is running too much of it." So it's like middle management, right? Yeah. They were like, "They're like, we're the big colony. <laughs> These guys will be the corrupt guys who keep shit cracking, you know. Yeah. Like, so so we don't have to be and, the and ones. whoever the managers are will be on the take. I'm sure a little bit, but yeah. fine, whatever. Yeah, they're going to be filthy rich millionaires too." But they're gonna be the evil Do dictators, dirty work. and we just collect the money as the corporate elites of Great Britain and France, <laughs> yeah, and and America too. Uh, but at that point, I think Britain was the country. I think after World War II, America the sun never sets in the British over. Empire. Yeah, they had places all over the world. Yeah, and they and they always did it that way too. They had other people do their dirty work. You know, weren't you telling me about that? About that's why Africans don't hate white people. Yeah, they hate Indian people. Why? Because uh, Great Britain brought in Indians to be the middle management that cracked down on the workers and stuff. In Africa. In Africa. That's <laughs> so, why Idi Amin kicked out all the Indian people who were Africans who had who were generations of living in Uganda were kicked out because they weren't African descent Africans. They were Indian descent Africans. Oh, and people are like, we hate you. You're our fucking managers. Yeah. That's why there's been not, not as much terrorists from, from Africa to Britain, you say, because they don't hate the white face the way in... Um, the Maybe. Middle East, we're there, Maybe. and we're the face of their oppressors. I'm like, fuck the, the, fuck the white guy. <laughs> Maybe. That might be true. I don't know. I feel like you told me that once. I don't know. Did I say yeah, that? They, I they, they did better by putting other people as a manager. No, no, so I, that, that's definitely true. Them. That's definitely true, yeah. Not that it's never happened with terrorism, but it's like... I, I feel like there are a lot of uh, North African terrorists that join ISIS and stuff, and that, that there was a black guy who tried to do this, the, the shoe bomber was a, uh-huh. was like a black yeah, African yeah, yeah. guy. I, I I don't think that that I don't think that ideology wise North Africa is like it's like, it's like the mini, Middle, East, middle, yeah. middle East yeah no yeah. it's it's super Muslim but so is like uh, Somalia has like some some crazy Muslims in there too on the on, yeah uh, I, I think anywhere there's poor people there's there's Muslim and Christian missionaries trying to convert people into whatever religion and the Muslim ones I think uh, some of them are terrorist groups yeah. So we went in there trying to force our control and our governmental system, kind of nobly, I guess, really, when you think about it. Like, we just want everybody free to be, have some freedom. I think some of the people probably had noble, noble intentions. Yeah. I think, I think some of those neocons probably did actually have neo, some noble intentions. What does neocons stand for? Neoconservatives. Like, uh, they used to be liberals. Who, I, think it, I think the term comes from them. They used to be liberals, like, back in the 60s or whatever. Yeah. And, and their liberalism brought them to believe that the world should be changed to be a liberal democracy like America. Through force so or not. So that now they're new conservatives because they're part, they're part of the conservative party. Okay. Whatever. So these guys now, they're like, it would be great if we just get some fucking big Pearl Harbor thing going. And then they did. Then it was like, got, hey, guys, remember we talked about it. Now's yeah. our chance. So how about we rile everybody up? We point them to just some country over there. Yeah. 
Yeah. It doesn't matter. Like, well, shouldn't it be the one that doesn't matter? Yeah. Who knows? Maybe it was part partially to do with the, uh, like Bush saying uh, Saddam tried to kill my daddy. You know, maybe uh-huh. it was something. Maybe it was that a little too? bit of yeah. yeah. Who knows? It's so interesting. Yeah, that's a real person. Yeah, and it's Not like, a it's like you, tried it's to a kill, real you tried to kill my dad. Everybody talked about how here's my opportunity to go kill him. Yeah, yeah. It's like, wouldn't you? Somebody tried to kill your dad. Like wouldn't you want to kill him? It's had to carry your problem. Yeah. It's like when in uh, Billy Madison, when uh, I mean Happy Gilmore, when yeah. he finds the fucking alligator that bit off Curly's <laughs> yeah. arm. I was like, I have it for you. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, no, for sure, dude. A lot of this is just that. A lot of this is all revenge. You just know, all like, Game of Thrones. Shit. It's <laughs> like, all Game yeah, of Thrones. It's all shit. Game of Thrones. Shit. It's there's a kid. Probably today, yeah. whose dad got killed in a drone, drone strike, probably. Yeah. There's probably some kid, kid, yeah, some kid like, we don't know. Fucking who did it? Yeah. And and he knows that, that the terrorists don't have dope drones like that. Yeah. So he's like, it had to have been America. Yeah. And so now this kid <laughs> have dope drones like wants that. to kill America, yeah. just like Bush wanted to kill the guy who threatened his dad. It's all yeah. re- revenge is so much of Middle Eastern conflict. And so now we go, okay, now that we've made a mess. Yeah. We've made a bunch of kids. They're growing up now. They want to kill us. Yeah. What do we do? So now what we're generally doing, if I'm saying this right, mm-hmm. is we're going to like, well, we got to keep these motherfuckers down. <laughs> yeah. And we're, we're flying airplanes. <laughs> let's let's fucking, on them. And they want to kill them. Let's bomb them. Yeah. Like, but you, he has three brothers. Yeah. Now they're all mad at us too. Yeah. It's like, well, we better bomb them. Yeah. That's what we're doing. I feel like the only solution, as corny as it sounds like, is at some point somebody's got to just like, just have some love and say like sorry and we're yeah. gonna stop shooting and let you guys deal with it and some of the guys are gonna be bad guys who, some of the guys are gonna be bad guys you know and, and there'll be innocent people who die but we need to stop but that having, happens now. having it be on our hands though that happens now we're killing tons of innocent yeah. people we need to have it not be on our hands and, and whoever's controlling the remote control airplanes yeah. you know needs to not be the one pushing the trigger I compare it to like if you're like hey there's dirty dishes in the sink somebody's gotta wash them and then like somebody sends a toddler in there and he just starts smashing them. <laughs> yeah. he just starts smashing them. <laughs> yeah. and you're like get out of there and then like two months later, like, hey, there's dirty dishes in the sink. Somebody's like, well, I send a toddler, toddler in. Yeah, and it's like, no, no, don't send him in. He only fucks it up. It's like, yeah. we can't just leave the dirty dishes. Is we got to do something. Are the options, this toddler breaks them or they stay dirty? Yeah. Yeah, no. Maybe an animal will come by and lick them clean. That's a better option than the toddler <laughs> yeah. smashing them. And that's actually the, the thing we need to do is we need to leave the, the dirty dishes and hope that some animals come and lick that shit clean. Probably in the interim, those animals are going to kill each other. Yeah, they are, huh? And it's going to be sad. But we can't be there. So what happened was before, a dictator would come in and fill the vacuum. Yeah. Saying, I've got power. Nobody fuck around. Everybody owes me. There's a lot of people me. being killed under, there was. under Assad in Syria, and there still are. And, and a lot of people being killed under By Saddam. each other, not by the government or just by, by the each government, other? For sure, by, government. by the government. The, all, all these Middle Eastern governments are, are, are dictators. They've all got blood on their hands for killing their own people and other people who are refugees who come in and stuff. Syria uh, raised the town, put bulldozers over a town. Because they um, tried to revolt, not revolt or like speak out against government. They just de- demolished a yeah. whole like sixteen thousand person town. Yeah, it's brutality that ends up. Everyone does what they say. Yeah, e- either they voted for you and really like you, which yeah. is way harder to get done. Which is why democracies constantly have low, have people getting kicked out of office and or not voting. Why? 
because because people they don't get shit done. Democracies, it's hard to get anything passed. Same like we were talking at the beginning, single payer healthcare is not going to get passed because you have these this, this Congress that is dominated by corporate interests. Oh so wait a minute, nothing gets done. By the way, those corporate interests, like the insurance coming in and said, no, we got to make sure it's done this way. It's the same as those dictators in the in the Middle East coming over. It's like we've just naturally but risen to power through a vacuum. I've risen to power through a vacuum. Insurance companies have risen to power. Yeah, but it's not really a vacuum because they set it up. They right. were in the room writing the laws for the new laws for insurance. So it's even worse than, than them filling a vacuum. But a dictator can fill the vacuum, and if he's like a good dictator, like say what you want about Fidel Castro and them, yeah. but he did make Cuba, which is a really poor country, have a healthcare system yeah. that's on par with a lot of Western countries. Everybody has healthcare in Cuba. They have universal healthcare. So the fact that one dictator could do that but the democratic system of america can't do that shows like there is a benefit to having a dictator it's one guy saying this is how we do it now yeah you need one one person on a lot of stuff bureaucracy if you you have one person then most of the time it's it's mostly bad stuff most of the time you want your government to not have too much power because because i don't trust government yeah, yeah yeah Why well, was just one dude who's not going to be yeah. complete? Like, pff, I want to kill. I want. I want your wife. That's what I hate about Obama is he's expanded the role of the presidency so much, and it's like I like Obama. Maybe I even trust him to not, you know, do Middle Eastern internment camps or some shit like that. What but the like next the next guy or the next guy after that, you never know. Well, I was saying this before. It's like when he said he had the power to like now arrest people and claim terrorism and say we don't have to try you because yeah, of national ridiculous. interest. But it's like he's not going to abuse that Obama. It's like, but what about the? What about the guy who's born right now who's exactly. got an evil streak in him? And now exactly. you realize, oh, wait, I said that four or five years ago. The yeah. next guy's right there. <laughs> yeah, he's coming Donald of Trump age. could easily, yeah. you know what I'm saying? The guy could be our next president. Oh, Donald Trump. Yeah, it's not even, might not even be 30 years from now. <laughs> yeah. It might be way sooner. I, I, I don't think Donald Trump will win the election, but anything can happen when it's down to two people. Well, people say that, like, uh, a lot of de- a lot of Republicans won't vote for Trump so that he can't win. But then when you think about it, a lot of Democrats won't vote for Hillary Clinton either. Yeah, it's true. But I, I think a lot of people will vote against Trump. Yeah, you will have that. The, the anti-Trump that. vote is, is going to be huge. Yeah, you will have that. Uh, but uh, but it's scary though. It's scary. I don't even see him doing all those things he's he said he's going to do. I don't either. I don't but, think he can. But I think it. Yeah, exactly. I don't think he can. But I think not, having somebody who doesn't know what they're doing, it, it, I, like like I think Bush coming into office right. was bad for the country, mainly because if Gore was there when nine eleven happened, I think our response wouldn't have been the same, and I think America would have probably had a response, but it wouldn't have been as. It would have been a lot safer. It would have been a lot safer, and I don't think they would have... I think it would have been thought through a lot more. I we think, had... Oh, we had a bad boss. We had a bad boss. For eight years... We had a dumb... We, 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 had, we had a really bad guy running the hardest plan. The department. Like, like the, the, the plan to recreate the world in, in, in the look of democracy is, like, such a hard plan. <laughs> <laughs> it's so difficult to do. And this guy... And George Bush Jr. was yeah, not the dude. Yeah, and, and people think his dad wasn't smart, but his dad was, like, super smart. He, I think, I think Wasn't he's he smarter than kid? people. I think he's a rich kid. I think he's smarter than people give him credit for. Yeah. But I think 
because he's still his dad's son. And, well, they say and they stuff. got C's. But I think he I'm did like, a lot of drugs. They're like, yeah, but he got C's at Harvard <laughs> or so Yale. gentleman C's, which means oh, his, really? his dad paid so much money we that, can't that go they below this. Yeah. Oh. That he was going to get passed. No yeah, he did a lot of hard drugs. He did a lot of coke. Yeah, I think he did. I think when you do a lot of hard drugs, and 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 I think like alcohol Dean Gilbert. too. I think I think drinking a shit ton of alcohol. I think during formative years, especially because you know he drank as a teen too. Yeah, yeah. His daughters did too. They're in Texas, like yeah. living it up. I think during those years when you build your work ethic of being really intellectually curious about the world, I don't think he was. I think he was he was more curious by getting fucked up, and I think I think it made him a like just kind of a dummy, not a stupid person. I yeah. think his IQ is probably a normal level. But he, he's just not curious about the world, and he lo- allowed a lot of people around him to make bad decisions. Because when you think about it, it's not just about, like, here's what I, here's what I believe, you know, here's my, uh, my, my stance on things, like when we run for president, like how you get, but it's also like, how are you going to get it done? Yeah. It's also like, like you have to be, it's not just like, yeah, it's well, like, how, policy, what, how am I going to do this? Wants. Foreign policy with the troops, yeah. the president can say, I'm sending the troops into Iran today. Even without the Congress's approval, he can he can he can put them in a military action. Yeah. He can't declare war, but he can like send them in somewhere. He's not smart enough to think it through. So so, so it's, it's scary. Yeah, he's the commander in chief, so he's literally making the decisions minute by minute of what they do. That's why Obama is in all these countries that we're not in war with, like Yemen, flying airplanes, shooting people. Like that's another scary one. Is like there was a guy we're I forget building his name. terrorists in Yemen. There, there was this terrorist guy. Well, he he never actually committed terrorism himself, but he'd been encouraging terrorism through yeah. his YouTube videos, and he was really really popular. And he was American born guy who moved to Yemen and and made YouTube videos out of Yemen. So he's a U.S. citizen. Yeah. <coughs> and we drone killed him, and it's like it, I don't feel bad for for the guy because he was a piece of shit encouraging people to kill. Yeah. kill people and stuff and using whatever religion stuff to do that but it was a precedent that was crazy was the u.s killed a u.s citizen uh, on foreign ground assassination style like it, it was it, it was just like oh wow th- they can do that now yeah they just can kill, kill me and and if they accidentally kill me they could say oh he was a terrorist and it's like oh, right so they don't they don't have to get you first yeah. they don't have to catch you first and put you on trial they'll be like there he is kill him yeah I've done a couple podcasts, so I think the people know that I'm not a terrorist, right. so they wouldn't be able to get away with it with me. No. Oh, so right. So if that guy was doing something else, let's say that guy was doing something else. Let's say he was doing, yeah. um, saying, hey, no, lo- we should no longer sell oil to Americans. That's what we should do. Just don't sell oil to them. Yeah. Don't, don't, nothing harmful, but sell no oil to them. And we'd be like, oh, hey, what? No. We could I don't just think say, he would have been able to kill him then. He was saying, so? no, he was saying, can't, kill you just, can't you just say he also did this? He has ties to, uh, yeah. I mean, that's he has the, ties that, to that's Saudi Arabia. Slope fear that I have. Yeah. At this point, like we were saying, before, all you have to do say that him because he's like, this guy's been encouraging a lot of people, and there's been a lot of people who got killed because of this guy's encouragement. Let's kill the encourager. And you're like, okay, I trust Obama to make. You trust that him. You don't second guess him. But he, I don't know. Is that true? I but, don't know. But then it's like, what about Michelle Bachman when she's president, or yeah. Donald Trump when he's president, and he says, well, this guy. Uh, pretended to Trust be a comic. Me, he's, a bad he's, a, guy. he's a splinter cell, <laughs> yeah. and we found out, and that's why we killed him. It's like, oh shit! Like, yeah. What about the next guy you don't trust? He could just lie yeah. and kill U.S. citizens. I don't know. Yeah, we've already made that the before we had a system set up where it's like, no, no, no matter what, because we're worried about people becoming corrupt. Yeah. So no matter what, everyone's always got to have a have access to a fair, public, speedy trial. Yeah, we got to push you on trial away for terrorism. Yeah, you got to get people first. If I can't get a fucking bank robber, you can't just 
You got to, you got to find him and get him. Well, he's on another country. Well, then fucking, I don't know, talk yeah. to their government. See if they'll ship him over here. Why don't we just do everything Munich style? What like, is that? Have you seen the movie Munich where yeah. Israel... It's my favorite movie about animals. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> but but it's like it's like Israel has their people killed. Yeah. They didn't go and bomb all of the Middle Eastern countries. <laughs> they got they went and targeted one by one the people who were involved. Who did and, the just, and it's so much more badass. It makes your soldiers seem like heroes instead of seem like villains who are killing. There's no little people. girl has a missing arm exactly. and fucking crying in front of rubble. It's like, well, she would have been. Dude, she friend Jeff, been. My friend Jeff Carasalis, I see him at open mics talking about he was forced to kill like children in Iraq and shit. Really? Yeah. It's like he was it's on, really he was sad. In, he just. He'd actually be a good really. Guest What's too. his name? Jeff Carasalis. Yeah, it sounds like I'll, it. I'll, I'll connect you with him. Okay. But he was a soldier in Iraq, and he's t- talks about killing kids. What? <laughs> and 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 I, and I can't imagine it not fucking you up for life, knowing yeah. that you've killed a kid. And I think and what it, happens to the kid's brother or father, who right? actually is like, oh, I actually like that kid. Yeah. So many lives get fucked up. So what that. should we do then? Like, what's a po- what's a, a solution possible? I think it's it's leaving. The take our lumps. Military. Take our lumps. Yeah, there will be some people that are already t- are radicalized against us. Yeah, We're, yeah. And trying to like like offering offering troops to some sort of United Nations peacekeeping effort in in the countries, and then and then having transitional governments, whatever way we can that that, that provides stability. What about, what about having yeah. a bunch of like schools and hospitals built yeah. and then leaving That's, and say if you want to tear it down, fucking tear it down. But here they are. Goodbye. Or or building schools and hospitals, and then also putting troops through the UN that are peacekeeping troops who are there to protect the schools and the hospitals. Yeah. And saying to people, uh, if, if you guys want, we can we can bring people to bring peace into your neighborhoods through UN peacekeeper troops. If you don't, we'll stay out of those neighborhoods. It's up to you guys, and just allow just giving people help without the idea. <laughs> that that we're gonna kill them if they don't uh, obey. Like it. It's like, hey, yeah. we're here to serve. If we just served people, right? You know, I think it's also the same thing with the police force. If if the police force tried to serve their community instead of being afraid, hey, what do you guys them? want? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like this guy seems like he's starting trouble. Yeah. Hey, no one minds, man. No, no one <laughs> minds. Leave him alone. None yeah. of us mind. Yeah, nobody in any neighborhood wants to have zero police in their neighborhood who live there. Like like they, the police b- provide. Some sort of comfort, as long as you don't feel like the police are targeting you, are afraid of you. Yeah. If it, uh, I had a guy who was, I was after uh, the the guy who uh, got killed selling Lucy's, uh, Eric Garner. Oh yeah, yeah. And um and so let's just say bottom line, let's say on the the best case scenario for on the cop side is that guy was, it was just a t- kind of freak accident. He had a weird level of asthma and uh, and he died when the cop did whatever chokehold yeah. he did. I had a shop owner reach out and be like you have to understand Ari it's like I don't want people selling my products right outside my business it kind of hurts my business mm-hmm. um, I'm like okay but if a guy was doing that to you as annoying as this would you want to just hire someone to go choke the fuck out of him throw him on the ground and just start right. choking him or would you want someone to come in there and chase him out and the guy's like oh yeah I wouldn't want a, yeah, of course. A choking out yeah for, so let's say he was forget the death let's say it was an accident even that is so far they're like who are you serving man yeah yeah. And I think it's just going into the situation thinking this is life and death. Yeah. You know, it's like I think cops go into situations like I saw it. I was in Oakland. We were just walking to get to get food from this one burger place 
and this van got pulled over, and the cop came out with the gun out, pointed at oh. the driver, saying, hands on the steering wheel, blah, blah, blah. And, and we were just, like, sitting there staring because it seemed like, oh, this guy must be a murderer that they just caught because their guns were out pointed. And, and uh, we just sit there and watch, and eventually they let the guy go. And, and, and I was like, okay, then they didn't need to pull the gun out when they, yeah. when they got out. They're walking out as if it's a life and death situation when they war. should be walking out as if it's one of their neighbors that may have broken a law and they need to give them a citation yeah. or whatever. And, and I think, and what's amazing is, uh, I don't remember if, who told me this, but I remember hearing on something that the military, when they go in to a room, they don't go in with the guns pointed unless they're ready to shoot a suspect. Having your gun up means you're ready to pull the trigger. Oh, really? It's always guns down when you're running into into a situation. Uh, but the police seem to run in with their <laughs> guns out, and the SWAT teams you always see are always with their guns pointed as they turn every corner. It's always like yeah, when they shoot some fucking neighbor dog by accident. Like we didn't we didn't know we didn't have the right address. We went to the place yeah. next door. It's like well, then why are you just shooting <laughs> random dogs? Yeah. Uh, and did you see uh, side subject? John Oliver had a segment on nine eleven on nine one one. Like dispatch people no. can't find where anybody is. Really? Yeah. So like, you you might call nine one one because you're shot here. They'll find the cell tower that's closest to you, and 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 they'll still be like a quarter mile away from you. Because <laughs> uh, you just go searching for in circles or something. I don't know. Like the technology's there for them to find you, but they they don't use it. Yeah. So Iran though, Iran was never a problem at all, really, right? Iran was like the beacon country in the middle east those like the ally of the west for until 1979 it was like israel and iran were the two non-arab countries what happened in 79 let's go inside i'm getting cold now okay what happened in 79 there was the islamic revolution in iran which was what uh islam took over yeah i mean basically what happened is uh there was a communist revolution in iran in 79 yeah the two-day party which was the communist party of iran uh and what the what? And it was, it was mainly middle class people who wanted to have a communist system of takeover. government. Yeah, yeah. And typically, how, did, how, what, how was that revolution? Peaceful or not peaceful? Well, it, it got hijacked, and and it ultimately became not peaceful. Yeah. But the Shah left. You know, he was kind of a chicken, and he left pretty peacefully. What <laughs> like he, he just flew off, went to another country. Yeah, he's he was very scared, and and he and he took off. Why was he uh, violent? Yeah, I mean he'd done he'd done some torture and stuff like that, and you know he was a dictator too. Yeah, but he wasn't like brutal enough to keep his power. Yeah, but he wasn't uh, benevolent enough to set up like a democracy. He wasn't uh, brutal enough to so, keep his power, but he wasn't benevolent enough to set up a democracy. He was he wasn't, wasn't benevolent. A good Loved benevolent being like a good guy. Oh right, doing good things. So so in '79, the Communist Party tried to have a revolution. Typically in the Middle East uh, and in Iran in particular, the the middle class people, the merchant class, would yeah. use the religious folks to, to get poor people on their side of their revolution to kick out whatever dictator they didn't like. They'd use poor folks to do what? They would use the religious leaders yeah. uh, to get the poor people on, on the side of their revolution. Yeah. So they tried to the do the water. same thing. And one of the, one of the leaders against uh, the Shah was this guy, Ayatollah Khomeini. Yeah. And he was a religious guy who was anti-Shah f- for a long time. He'd, he'd been speaking out against it. So, so the Communist Party tried to use him 
as an image to galvanize the people against the Shah in favor of their communist revolution. Khomeini, though, saw that as an opportunity to say, fuck these, these communists, and he killed off all the communist leaders and stuff and made it an Islamic revolution. So they started the, the, the revolution, but as soon as the Shah left and Khomeini came back to the country, he killed off all the leaders of the, of the revolution. Who were using him as their leader head, as, yeah. a, as a, like, we're doing it for the, for the fucking Ayatollah. Who were like, yeah, the, the Ayatollah's got our back, he, he, he supports our cause, and as soon as, as, soon as, they, as, soon as he had an opportunity to, to take over, he killed off those guys. Because and, the Shah, who kicked him out, uh, or who made him leave... Yeah, it's now gone. The, the only shot, he was the gone. Shot, it he was took, gone. He took the only reason I was gone. Yeah, so so, so, so it was started by a communists and then kind of hijacked by the Islamists to be an Islamic revolution. Oh, are those edibles? No, no, they're just regular. Yeah, penguins. Oh, yeah. And so and so uh, then after that, what was happening? So then uh, Ayatollah Khomeini took over, installed his own Islamic government. Uh, with the Revolutionary Guard as his own like separate military group that was like had allegiance to him and the Muslim government, and killed off all the people who were his rivals and established what's you know what's been in Iran since, and uh, and U.S. relations with Iran has been pretty shitty since. Uh, and Why? There, well, there was the hostage crisis that happened that same year in '79. The which, same year he came back. Same year he, he took came Americans back. Americans hostage. Yeah, we had an we still had our embassy in Iran, and and so a bunch of students who Khomeini didn't know about them doing this and didn't give them approval for. But when he saw how popular what they did was, and he wanted to, he didn't want to seem like he didn't have control over the people. Yeah. he acted like yeah, that was I agree that that we I, that was part of what I was trying to do too. You know, really. So he took <laughs> he knew to take credit for shit, or also make him look like a weak leader. So he took credit for it, and what basically what it was was. Uh, these I think they were like college students or whatever. But in 1953, there was a Democratic these were just gangs with yeah. like a little party part of his gang and a bigger part of the gang. You know, yeah. where it's like, yeah, I made them. I made those guys rob that. Like in Goodfellas, when they get back to the, to the <laughs> yeah. guy for robbing that truck. Because if he didn't, like a, like a mob boss, if he didn't say I made them do that, then they did it on their own, Why and, it takes, the it, and it takes yeah. his power away. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So so these college students or whatever went in and and they went into the. U.S. embassy, which an embassy is sovereign territory. It's like it's like going into America. They went into yeah. there and took all these documents and held. I think it was like thirteen hostages for like a year or something. And uh, and yeah, so, so in America, how did we get him back? Basically, Jimmy Carter tried to do this one thing with these helicopters that crashed that that really hurt his popularity because like he tried to do a rescue mission that failed and the helicopter crashed and and the helicopter guy died too so he like lost more people there and uh basically (laughs) what happened is uh jimmy carter was running for election uh against ronald reagan at the at the time yeah uh because it was the 1980 election was was coming up uh jim baker who worked for ronald reagan wait the religious guy no. Uh, That's something Baker. Tammy Faye Baker and, yeah, yeah. and Jim Baker? Is that uh, who you just said? Jim Baker is, is the guy who worked for Reagan and Bush. He was like chief of staff for Reagan. I think he was chief of staff. And he went in secret uh, deals with the Iranians and, and told them to not release the hostages until after Jimmy Carter loses the election. 
Really? Because if, if Jimmy Carter would have gotten the hostages released before the election, it would have been enough for him to have won the 1980 election. And so, what, and why, how did, why did why did the Iranians agree to that? Because uh, what later on got exposed as Iran Contra. In return, we will give you a bunch of weapons. Exactly, and that was Iran Contra, which Whoa. was which was the U.S. Iran was an enemy of the U.S. at the time, so we weren't legally allowed to sell them weapons, uh, but. Through Iran-Contra, we sold them weapons illegally. They gave the U.S. money for those weapons, which then went to the Contras in Nicaragua, who we, who Congress had made, passed a law that we couldn't fund anymore. So we illegally funded the Contras by illegally selling weapons to Iranians through Iran-Contra. So we took the weapons we have, said, well, we can't give them to, we can't give them to uh, the Contras. And why do we want the Contras? Because we want to part, we don't control that area. Because because we were. Reasons. We were supporting the Contras because the Sandinistas were like a socialist government, and we were Cold War politics. Like, so instead of sending our weapons straight country. to them, we sold them to Iran. Like, so cool. we weren't allowed to give the Contras any more money. So, and we weren't allowed to sell weapons to Iran, and we're also not allowed to import cocaine. That's so how, another thing. But what we ended up doing was selling weapons to Iran illegally, taking that how? money. How? How? Get, how did no one see it? I mean, it's the U.S. government. They have military means they can they can do anything they want i know the i, I know that uh oliver north uh you know confessed under a oath about uh doing all this oh yeah but it got forgotten and the, the biggest thing that got forgotten was we would take the weapons and sell them to iran take that money give it to the contras in nicaragua and then it got exposed that we would fly in u.s ships full of cocaine fly in what do you mean? From Nicaragua, we would fly in cocaine on U.S. military ships into Homestead Air Force Base. It was on, like, if you read Noam Chomsky's Understanding you know what, Power. And he, sell it to the street? Who, who knows what happened to it after that? People like, if you ever watch, like, anything about Rick Ross, the, the guy who first brought crack to the West Coast or whatever, yeah. he talks about having a CIA agent be his connect that sold him his drugs. So maybe the CIA... F- funded a lot of what they did who knows what happened to it but there's there's evidence that u.s war, uh, airplanes brought in cocaine from nicaragua it was all exposed during iran contra nicaragua's like we can only pay you a little bit but um we can give us coke if you want <laughs> yeah and like what are we gonna do with i mean i guess we could yes yeah we could sell it wholesale <laughs> to some of these guys in different ghettos nobody nowhere is safe but like you know the shitty parts of town yeah probably bringing money that way it's kind of like a fundraiser yeah it's kind of like Crazy, a fundraiser right? Why aren't you afraid somebody's like, no, I'll just tell my kid not to do crack and I'll be fine. Yeah. I think, I mean, who knows what's, what happens through the CIA? Wow. It's like, it, it, there's, there's really no oversight. So, okay. So then we have Iran, whatever. We start funding them. They're selling them weapons. Yeah. In the 80s, all through the 80s. Well, yeah, they were fighting a war right after the revolution with Iraq, the Iran-Iraq war. So we were selling them weapons. Also, what's interesting is Israel was the country that really encouraged the U.S. to sell them weapons in the Iran-Iraq war. To fight off Iraq. To fight off Iraq because it was like enemy of my enemy kind of thing. But Iran was not a problem for Israel. Not until the Islamic revolution. Once the Muslims came in, the, 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 the hardcore Muslims saw a Jewish country on Muslim home, you know, and, and the Al-Aqsa Mosque is like the third holiest site in Islam. Mm-hmm. So it's like the third holiest site to Muslims. 
I feel like Muslims are willing to die harder for their third holiest site than any other religion would die for their holiest site. You know, (laughs) they treat that third holiest site like it's as holy (laughs) or holier than anything any other religion's ever seen. (laughs) Yeah. So they were they were pissed, but it was like. Israel was like, hey, this is the only other non-Arab Middle Eastern country. We've had good relations in the past. You can't let all that Iran land fall in the hands of Saddam, too. So, like, hey, some so like, fucking yeah. weapons, man. <laughs> yeah, help them out. And they did that. So they sold they sec- weapons to both they sides. they secured it by, by Reagan saying, hey, don't let these fucking hostages out. So after I'm elected. Yeah. And then I'll fucking sell you everything you need. Yeah. And then he's paying it back. This yeah. is what being in the pocket of a, of a business is. Same sort of thing. Mm-hmm. You pay off your debts. Yeah. We, we made a deal. Now I'm paying you. That's what everybody does. Yeah. Wow. That's why Hillary Clinton won't release those fucking speeches she made to Goldman Sachs and shit. Yeah. I don't know. I think, I think the, unless, unless she says something really awful, I always think it's best to just release whatever boring speech you gave. I know, but then it's been like nine months and she still won't yeah, release them. Yeah, it's just a story. It's she's just like, a yeah, story I'm getting it, I'm story. getting it. It's like, well, I mean, you should Same find those Trump. already. It's like, why isn't Trump releasing his taxes unless there's something so, so bad? Whatever he says, release it, and then you don't. Yeah. Like with Bernie, they're like, release your taxes. Goes, yeah, I'm, my wife has to do it. She's on the fucking campaign. <laughs> yeah. Wait till we get home this weekend and then yeah, I'll give it to you. It. yeah. Uh, but yeah, so, so, so then in Iran, there was a revolution in 79. Uh, we sold them those weapons, so they fought off Iraq. The Iran-Iraq war ended with basically just both sides killing a bunch of each other and mm-hmm. nobody winning. And they kept occupied with each other. What's that? And they kept occupied with each other. What does that mean, occupied with each other? Iran-Iraq was occupying with each other, and Israel was like, oh, we don't got to worry about either one. Yeah, kind of. It was like good for Israel to have to have both of them. Want to come but, back uh, keep talking? Sure. Uh, so then for, for the last 30 something years, you know, the last 37 years or whatever, it's been an Islamic government recently, Obama getting elected and saying, uh, saying I'm going to reach out and negotiate on the nuclear issue and stuff. And then the Iranians elected a moderate guy and it looks like in return. Yeah. Iranians elected a guy who's more one of the more moderate guys. Not Ahmadinejad. Not Ahmadinejad. He's done. He's done. Yeah. But the thing you have to keep in mind about Iran putting in a moderate guy is only people who the Ayatollah says are okay to run are allowed to run. So it's still so in if the there's pocket. a if there's a guy who's super liberal and they're like this is anti-Islam they won't let him run. Oh. So, but the guy they have running is, you know, pro peace, pro pro U.S. relatively, and it looks like U.S. and Iran aren't gonna be diehard enemies anymore. Hopefully, and which is good for Israel. It's good for the U.S. It's good for everybody. Because the thing I was telling you too, I think uh, when you were in San Diego, is. Uh, Jews don't need, or Israel doesn't need to worry about Iran bombing Israel with a nuclear weapon. You know how they're like, Iran can't have a nuclear weapon. They'll bomb like, Israel. They'll bomb Israel. It's like the two countries that, that are the, quote, Iranian enemies are Israel and Saudi Arabia. Yeah. And those are, Saudi Arabia has the two holiest sites of Islam, and Israel has a third, the Al Aqsa Mosque. So they're not going to They're not going to bomb them. What they'll continue to do is f- sponsor terrorist groups. In Israel and in Saudi Arabia Syria. and in well, Syria is actually one of their closest allies, Assad and the 
uh, Islamic Republic are actually really close allies, even though that's a Sunni country and, and Iran's uh, Shia country because of the Iran-Iraq war and having a con- common enemy of Saddam, because they have two different kinds of Ba'athist parties or something that I don't really understand fully. But Syria and, and, and Iraq uh, had beef, and they were like, had an alliance because of their, I think, mutual disdain for Saddam. Wow. And that still lasts, I think, till today. Where they're still friends. Yeah, where, where I think Iranian government supports Assad. Also, the Iranian government is super anti-ISIS because ISIS is trying to take down the, the, the Iranian government, too. Oh, so they're like, that's another thing people are saying with ISIS and Al-Qaeda. It's like, look, just let them take care of it themselves. Yeah. They will take care of it themselves. Let us not be the face of their fucking... Yeah. What you're saying, also that it's like, you know, how we went into Iraq first and then Afghanistan, or Afghanistan and then Iraq... And then uh, we, Iran reached out to us. Mm-hmm. What was and, going on with oh, that? Uh, after Afghanistan, we, we worked with Iran in Afghanistan uh, to, to get rid of the Taliban out of Afghanistan. They'd, Iran shares a border with Afghanistan and had been trying to fight off uh, the Taliban and, and supported the Northern Alliance back then f- forever. And then we worked with them and, and were successful in Afghanistan. Then after Iraq, Iran was scared shitless. And they actually reached out to Colin Powell's... Uh, what do you mean sketches for what? They were scared because America had just gone into Iraq and just destroyed I- Iraq's infrastructure and took out Saddam in a matter of like a, a week. And they were like... And, and rolled and, and over it. Rolled over rolled it. Over Militarily-wise, they dominated that country. And wow. they were like, we don't want to be next. Let's make peace with, with America. So they reached out. they already out. Have peace? No, they didn't have peace. No, no. They were next on the list. So why do they help them with Afghanistan? Because Afghanistan was an enemy of my enemy type situation. Same Taliban, thing. yeah. They're like, hey, assholes, you want to work together on this for a second? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And if we would have, if we would have said, they said, look, now we want to have peace. Everything's on the table. Our support of Hezbollah and Hamas is on the table. Our nuclear program's on the table. We want to have peace Who? with the U.S. Who's support? Iran's support of Hezbollah and Hamas and their nuclear program. Everything was on the table. They reached out to Colin Powell's Let's office. discuss everything. Yeah. Secretary of State, Colin Powell, Bush administration. Colin Powell takes it to Rumsfeld, Cheney, and, and Bush in them. And uh, I think it was Rumsfeld and Cheney who, who were like, uh, no, Iran's next. And so Iran... Because we just went to Iraq that had really nothing, done nothing. Yeah. We no, just said... Yeah. We, we just said weapons of mass destruction. And, and, and everyone's and we, like, well, we got, I can't let that happen. And then they were like, okay, we can just do the same thing. Iran developing nuclear like fucking, plan. America's like, next. go for it. Yeah. Right. Iran's developing a nuclear plan. Yeah, we can't have them have nuclear weapons. They were going to be next. It was it, you could see it coming. So Iran, knowing, hey, we're next. Even though ne- they've that, never done anything to America. No, that those other hostages. than the hostages, yeah. But that was like five people, twenty five like, like years ago. Thirteen earlier. people, I think maybe. I'm not sure exact numbers, but yeah, nine, 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 oh, not yeah, yeah. It was like thirty something years ago, twenty nine, uh, yeah, seventy nine. But uh, but they haven't behaved as a government against their interests. In, in, in most situations, you know, like they, they've wanted to exist. Right. So they, when they needed to buy weapons from the U.S., they, 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 they bought them and, and survived the war with, with Iraq. They never, you know, did anything to make you think this country is psycho and they're going to blow up the Islamic capitals and, you know, Other the Middle East side of They're Islam. also brown in the same area. They're from the same type of area. So they must all be. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of crazy people, I'm sure. In Iran, too. But the, the people who get to the top levels but of the Besides government, that, there's no reason to think they would do anything as a country. 
No. It's kind of like saying if America does something to some country, it's like, we got to get Canada. They're, you know, they're, they're one of them. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, oh, no, they're not exactly. really related. Exactly. Um, so, then, uh, so then the U.S. said no. Uh, we don't want to have a peace negotiation with Iran. We said no. You're next. Yeah. They you're said, next? They, they said they still... I don't think that... I don't know if their response was you're next, but uh, there's a there's a frontline documentary all about it where, where they talk about how Rumsfeld said they're next because it seems so easy. Iraq was so easy. We'll just take Iran out next. They didn't realize. You know? Like, we're dominant. We have no Cold War. And what they that. didn't realize was if you if you turn down Iran's notion of peace... Iran's going to take that as they don't like us. They don't want to make peace with us. As soon as Iraq is stable, they're coming after us. So then what Iran did was went and built a bunch of, what are they called, IADs? Improvised IEDs, improvised explosive devices that they put on the side of the road, and then they would just blow up the tanks on the side of the road when that started. Do you remember when that started happening? Where was that? In Iraq. In Iraq. Who built that? Iran. Almost, almost all of them came from I- Iranian uh, military sources. So, so Iran what? was like, if we're going to be next on the list, just, let's make they, sure Iraq's fucked. And who they give it to? Rebels in Iraq? Yeah, because they have they have their own, uh, you know, Shia links to I- Iraq way more than America does because they they have like you know actual family and cultural ties because it, it, you know it's right there. There's right. there, Shia cultures that are very similar. So, so then they started bombing. They, they made Iraq way worse. If we would have negotiated with them, Iran could have helped bring stability to Iraq and helped Iraq be way better off during the Bush administration. Instead, they were a force that was making sure Iraq was fucked because they knew that once the U.S. was was untangled out of Iraq, they were pointing towards So we just Iran. started giving weapons to guerrillas. I mean, not we, Did we Iran. Iran just started giving weapons to guerrillas. Yeah, to, to, to their forces so, in Iraq. Just do some shit. Improvised explosive, explosive devices. The, the, the bombs that were on the side of the road, and then as the truck would walk by, somebody went on a cell phone or whatever, hit a button, and it would explode. Oh, you know, you, you remember those? You should be ready for whatever you wanted. Yeah. Like, basically, mines and stuff, they would just start, they started dumping weapons to kill Americans in Iraq. Wow. And so, like, we could have had, there could have been a peace. Instead, because we thought that we won so easily, we thought we had complete victory when really we had, like, you know, the beginnings of victory. Yeah. It was such an opportunity. We could have had peace with Iran, had Iran not supporting terrorist groups, no nuclear program, (laughs) you know, and stable Iraq. Stable Iraq would probably have meant stable Syria and all these other countries would have been, it would have been a different world. Instead, we got super destabilized to the point where, like, it's Wild West terrorist groups fighting each other. Like, one terrorist group versus another terrorist group. Al-Qaeda said ISIS was too fucked up. Really? Al-Qaeda said ISIS is too <laughs> too fucked up in the way that they kill civilians in uh, without caring. That That's fucking nuts, man. That's, yeah. So just a bunch of warring factions just rise up. Gangs. Looking pretty control. much, yeah. I mean, you got two. You, I, I feel like the religions themselves are gangs, right there. Right, right, right. And then I bet—I don't know this for a fact—but I imagine within the religious groups, yeah, uh, there's probably different blocks and neighborhoods that have their own. Yeah, Islam. Well, same as Jews have. Like Jews, are like others oh, yeah. believe, and then they have like the I mean, Jews and who bloods. Are like, yeah, and then 
within the Crips, there's like the 18th Street Crips and like the whatever Crips and whatever Crips. And those guys probably kill each other you think so? over sometimes, yeah. yeah. Over over who's going to be the leader of that neighborhood more. Yeah. If there's a block that's shared, who gets to be at the end of this block right here? You guys have to stay further down there. You know, all that stuff has to be negotiated usually through violence or fear of violence. Yeah. And these are terrorist groups, so I'm pretty sure that they're not the best communicators. So Iran just went on the offensive and said, well, well, we got to fucking yeah. distract you with some more shit in Iraq. Yeah, so exactly. You come after us. And we're exactly. still, we just left. And we're still kind of there. Yeah. Wait, so why did, the, why did the rebels start attacking Americans? Why wouldn't they just attack each other? What do you mean? Like, we go in there, we get rid of the fucking mi- minority leader. Mm-hmm. So then all these majorities are like being like quashed. Mm-hmm. Now they're rising to power. It seems like they want to kill each other. The majority is going to want to kill that minority that used to be in power. Mm-hmm. But the U.S. was the occupying power that was saying you're not allowed to kill that person. Oh. So we were occupying as the like interim government of Iraq. Like, hey, don't kill him just because he's Sunni. But he's like, I, I want to kill him. You know, like the, the, the don't tell who, him what to do. Who the fuck are you? Yeah, and as soon as we leave, as soon as you guys leave, uh, we're going to be the government, and I'll kill him then. And then it's like that guy's like, I don't want to make peace with this guy. You're going to kill him, and you guys are going to only stay here long enough to leave and have him kill me. So I'll kill him, and I'll try and kill you. You know, everybody's just. It's just we're we're just standing in the middle of a civil war that's about to start as soon as we leave. And then what happened? <laughs> we left Iraq, and then a civil war happened. That's what happened what? The first time we left Iraq? Yeah, I mean, right now. Civil war. Yeah, Kurds took the northern part. I think the eastern part went to Sunnis. The western part went to... That's what's going on right now? Shias. Yeah, it's pretty much like that right now. Are they going to just build force and invade each other? Or are they going to like split up into three countries? I mean, eventually, they, there's a lot of people who think it's going to be three countries. A lot of people think it's going to be like a federal, loose system. Whatever it is, it's, they, they, like they can't Saudi have Arabia, one. Or like the Iran Arab Emirates. Maybe, but but less less so because that's a bunch of just rich, rich oil barons who live next to each other. They're like people in Malibu, like yeah. you shouldn't build a fence there. But it, we're, it's we're it's all rich. more probably going to be like uh, like India, Pakistan kind of thing. You know, like you guys have autonomy over here, we have autonomy over here, and eventually they're just their own countries. Right. And I think that's what that's what's eventually going to happen. And right now, like I don't think I'm not sure. But I don't think a lot of like Sunni Iraqi troops are fighting ISIS in Shia areas. I think I think like each Iraqi troop is probably fighting for their own, you know, religious group in their own religious group's area. I know the Kurds are fighting for for themselves up north against ISIS like crazy. Uh, I imagine the same thing. I don't think this. I don't think the the military in Iraq is integrated, where it's all these Sunnis, Shias, and Kurds all fighting side by side oh. against ISIS. I think it's people and, protecting it, their block. Yeah, I think it's people protecting their block and recruiters for the Iraqi military saying, "Come join together to fight off ISIS. We'll give you these weapons if you join. You put on this patch or whatever." And I think that's about it. In whatever town you're in, yeah, like like, like a local po- like a local police country. force, yeah. You you okay? You love L.A. We're gonna we're gonna have yeah. you stop robberies in L.A. Yeah, uh, you guy from Chicago, you can protect your area. Yeah, but the Chicago's not gonna come help L.A. No, yeah, yeah. They, don't, they don't give a fuck about each other. Yeah, everybody's then just protecting their own street. Yeah, yeah. What were you saying about people being conquered? Where it's like we went and just conquered. Yeah, Iraq. nobody likes to be conquered. Yeah. Imagine if imagine if like you know one day 
Canada came down and just bombed a couple government spots. The military just collapsed and, and, and handed over to Canada. And they were like, look, we're, 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 we actually want good things for America. We're going to give you guys our healthcare system, which, you know, the statistics show the majority of you guys want, blah, blah, blah. If they, if they gave people what they wanted, but they also had Mounties walking up and down the streets telling people, <sighs> hey, you're not allowed to do this, you're not allowed to do that. Some people would be like, who the fuck are you? You yeah. know, I wouldn't be okay with it. And occasionally one of those Mounties would rape somebody in the town. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, what? Why, are they- oh, what? Why is some of our money going to, can- to Toronto? Toronto has nothing to do with here you know (laughs) people would stand up not people wouldn't I I would be standing up not as much for like all for for the kids down in Georgia and the people in the Midwest I'd be standing up for my community here who's who's being occupied you know like more so than for, for the abstract America you're standing up for the people around you who are being oppressed yeah and I think most people feel that way around you who are being oppressed right yeah Oh, so your point was too that it's like once we leave, those people can get back to fighting for what they want, yeah. and they know that. Who knows that? Who's they? The the, the people who want to fight and 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 want to kill each other to take over territory or whatever know that if they try and fight the U.S. right now, the, they might lose because the U.S. has better weapons and shit. But if they just wait out the U.S.'s patience to be in this foreign country, just standing there doing nothing, yeah. Eventually, the U.S. is going to leave because they don't have the and stomach they get back to, to take it over there. their and block. They can get back. Yeah, so that's what the Taliban's doing too. They're like they're waiting for us to leave Afghanistan. That's why, like, it was a police Obama shutdown. Obama keeps of, saying what he keeps saying we're going to leave Afghanistan, but then he keeps saying, "Oh, but we have to leave twenty thousand people in there." And it's like, why? Well, because if we don't have twenty thousand people in there, the Taliban is going to take over all these areas again. It's all people living in rural areas, and we don't have. You know the means to, to to protect these people without having soldiers on the ground, and so it's like it's like I think Obama doesn't want the blood on his hands. I think I think He's at like, some somebody point, else take him out. At some point, somebody, some president's gonna have the blood on his hands. Blood on his hands of U.S. soldiers leaving Afghanistan and innocent people dying and and well, there's gonna be slaughters. There's gonna be slaughters. Uh, oh yeah, I th- I can't imagine there wouldn't be. There's gonna be ethnic cleansing in these countries. You know, so, so it's like it's like that's why it's like really the only thing to do to stop anything like that is to have a strong UN, and and have a strong a UN that's actually believable by the world that it's not just the US acting under the guise of the UN or whatever. Yeah, but even that, who knows? Just kind of sad, or not kind of sad, super sad. What would happen if we never went in there? It would have been still a dictator, and if that dictator mm-hmm. died, or some someone else, some other another, some dictator. other dictator came and over. His sons would probably have taken over, and they were you know rapists and brutal people too. Mm-hmm. So I mean, Saddam killed thousands of people. His sons, they say, raped thousands of women. Yeah, they're all bad people. Like, yeah, you know. Also, there's a weird difference between like killing people and like letting them kill each other. Where it's like mm-hmm. oh, we want to stop, but it's just not. I mean, that wars happen. Wars happen. Borders get drawn. Borders get drawn. In blood. And then, and then peace eventually comes. That's the thing. Like, England and, and all of Europe got their borders out of hundreds of years of fighting each other. Right. So, so Germany knew this is where our line is and this is where France's line is based on when the last war was and who won that territory. <laughs> you know? And, and they, it took a long time and they finally drew lines. And then... Once by, yeah, the they East, kept they fighting until Rand, Rand McNally came, and they're like, cool, it's set now. Here's the, <laughs> yeah. here's the actual deadlines. Yeah, these, this is what the atlas we've made, Instead so of like slowly you can't moving. change it. Yeah, <laughs> little skirmishes. But then after the First World War, we went to the Middle East and to Africa and to other you know, parts of the world 
that didn't have borders drawn because they had different systems. They had like empires that were more loosely controlled. Yeah. And we drew lines and said, this is yours, this is yours, this is yours. And we drew lines sometimes through ethnic groups that were aligned and suddenly they were separated. So there's a bunch of Palestinians in Israel and uh, Jordan. Exactly. Jordan is like two-thirds Palestinian. Exactly. Exactly. We, We drew a line and said, this is now Israel. Right. And 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 the, the demographic issues we'll deal with later. That's the craziest thing: is how is Israel going to deal with a non-Jewish Israeli majority? Yeah, yeah. Is it going to be a massacre, or is it going to be a transition into not being a Jewish state? You know. Well, that's what this, the right of refusal was. Was that it was from what I understand was that. Um so the Jewish settlers were there, coming peacefully. Mm-hmm. In 1929, there was a big migration, 1919, and then after the war, there's another mm-hmm. gigantic migration, um, leftovers. And, um, and um, they settled there for a while. And then 1948, um, they made their own country. Mm-hmm. So the 1929 immigration, there was tons of people there. My, my uncle was born in Israel before 1948. Uh, when he was 13, he helped like plant bombs in like British hotels. <laughs> crazy yeah 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 to try to get them out of there but like um the palestinians would just like attack jewish settlements you know they would cut off their water supply and and they would like you know steal their cows and shit and just like Mm -hmm. you know occasionally kill they just didn't care for that ethnic group right you know um just like that it was like little tribes coming in and also a lot of them worked for to help to help build kibbutz and stuff yeah yeah and so then you had to protect your borders. My, I know people that had to like boil water overnight every night because you didn't know if you were going to have those pipes were going to not be like mm-hmm. um, fucked with overnight. So you had to have drinking water ready. And then after Israel's like, well, we got control now. All the Palestinians, oh, wait, what? Oh, we've been doing some bad shit to them because they weren't in charge. Right. It was the British in charge who didn't seem to give a fuck what we right. did. And so like, let's just get the fuck out of here. And they just ran. And then when they tried to come back... It was like, no, you can't come back. Yeah, and it's exactly. like, that's our home. It's like, well, you would have killed. It's like, hey, maybe, maybe not. Right. You ran the fuck out of here. You can't right. come back. And Israel's like, if we let you come back, we're not, we're not a Jewish state. Yeah. The numbers, just, the, the numbers were just not able to... David Ben-Gurion said, he's like, we can have a Jewish state on part of the land of Israel that's a democracy, or we can have a non-Jewish state on all the land of Israel that's a democracy... Or we can have a Jewish state on all of the land of Israel, but it's not a democracy. Because then everybody's not going to, we can't let all the non-Jews vote. So it's like now, post not not having the right to return, and most of those people I think have died off now. Yeah, you know they're they're, they're yeah. probably in refugee camps in Jordan, and, and you know it's well been the Jordan Jordanians also when they took Jerusalem, like so Jordanians attacked, everybody attacked. We uh, Israel drove them back right um, over the Jerusalem border. They sell a little line right there, and then they go, hey, hey, well, the rest of your people that have been living here, take them back. And then Jordan was like, nah, we don't like Palestinians. Okay. Like, that's our shit. You took our shit. <laughs> right. We don't want, and like, what do you mean you want them back? They're not ours. Take your fucking people back. And they're like, yeah. nah, man. <laughs> and so then the, those become like refugees, where it's like, your country doesn't want you. Yeah. And the new country doesn't like, view you as one of theirs. Yeah. You really have to have an only Jewish state in a smaller part of it. Yeah. And I mean now, and then you never have to let the Jewish state's not going to get smaller though. Right now, I feel like no. I feel like it's just going to turn into a, a, a system that's not Jewish majority. 
It's like apartheid. It's going to be well. I mean, I think I think I think it could be apartheid. It's, it's going to have to be if they want to maintain control, right? But I don't. I think ultimately, Israelis are too westernized to, to have a South African style apartheid. Yeah, system. you're right. I think ultimately it's going to be like America. Fear. Someone leaving fear, and someone just be like, "Well, there's a lot of Mexicans here now." It'll just be like America with Mexicans. Yeah. It'll just be Jews will be like forty something percent of the population. Muslims will be like forty something percent of the population, and Christians will be like ten. Yeah. And 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 they'll just eventually they'll live. And and I think ultimately it might be away. better. Some laws because I away. think it might turn into a one state solution. Oh, right. Yeah, like oh, I think there's no two state solution is even possible anymore because for a two state solution you needed to have a, a Palestinian state that was like strong enough and legitimate enough to be able to create a state around and yeah. they they didn't have that under Arafat. What do you mean? A, a Palestinian state that spoke for all the Palestinian people and could negotiate a peace with Israel and yeah. say we've made peace. This is our state now. These are our borders. Yeah. And have the Palestinian people legitimately back it. That that can't exist now because uh, Yasser Arafat promised too much to the Palestinian people, and then and he Hamas was, he was for eight years. He was has promised for even years. and Hamas promised even more, saying we'll never make negotiations with them and stuff. So if Hamas makes peace with with the with the Israelis, you still have the PLO that have to make peace. They're not they're not a united people the Palestinians. Oh right, right. There, there's no leader. The way the no, Jews if the if the Israelis, the Jews Israelis, if their leader said this is what we're doing, they're like, "Fuck, we got to yeah. go with that now." He's our he's our leader. We yeah. have a system of government that we follow. We th- th- it's rule of law. Yeah, we don't, we don't we don't we wouldn't do Israel has Israelis rule of law. Like, Palestinians yep. don't without rule of law, you can't make peace with the country. Right, right. So the only real solution that's going to happen eventually incorporation incorporate them yeah all of it i I think it's going to be all the land of israel gaza and west bank is going to be included all of it's going to be one state solution it's not going to be a jewish state it's not going to be a muslim state it's going to be some sort of pluralistic democracy you know hopefully what would stop the at that point the angry muslims from like attacking but they would they would just some would attack the thing that would stop it would be the police and the mil- and the military you know i'm sure uh and then what would be eventually when they became like because it's mandatory service right so you're gonna have well when the muslims become like 50 or 60 percent what does that stop them from then changing the laws to be like guess what's illegal now Judaism. Well, I mean, I'm I'm not sure Big what the noses. laws in Israel are, but I, I bet you would. I bet the way no the laws bargains. are written, uh, even sixty percent of the population wouldn't be able to get something like that done because democracies are written so that it's hard to get shit done. Yeah, like we we're talking about before. And it's by the intelligent. The Jews would be the intelligentsia. Yeah. And they'd be like, <laughs> yeah. who are you going to elect? Some fucking idiot or us?" And I think I think if if they really did for, I think I think the only real possibility for peace in Israel is a one state solution and that would mean you would need leaders that are on the level of like Dr King you know and like Abraham Lincoln and shit to say look let's make peace let's yeah. stop killing each other let's stop living in fear let's have it be one set. let's let everybody vote and I think most people in the long run won't be Islamic fundamentalists in that situation. Well, also, when you have the choice of being an Israeli or being part of Hamas, you're going to choose Israeli because it's way doper. Also, once the oppressor leaves, Mm -hmm. like you're not an oppressor, we fucking have a bunch of people in the the parliamentary system. Um, Then you put your mind on other shit. Yeah. And by the way, Palestinian Israel, I mean, uh, Christian Palestine is so much nicer than Muslim Palestine. I believe it. Christian Palestine has schools but you and know hospitals what? and There's fucking everything. There's Jewish beautiful. people 
who would go ape shit at the idea of a one state solution that's not Jewish. Yeah. You know? And there's people there's Jewish people who are willing to kill themselves and they killed that guy. Uh what's his name? Benjamin no, no, not yet. Rabin. Rabin. They killed yeah. Rabin. That was that was uh, Israeli Jew terrorists who killed him. Yeah, because he was making peace with the Arabs. So well, same as the Egyptian president who got killed. Sadat. Who got He yeah. made peace with the Jews. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, like the best for same as John Snow. Ah, his who own made people. peace with the wildlings yeah. and they killed him. Yeah. Back to Game of Thrones. I mean, it's all the same shit, man. Yeah. It's all the same shit. Yeah, it really is. When you just make this little city or this little... T- just make that a country. Yeah. And then that's what it is. Yeah. But same... Uh, you, you embarrassed me. I got to show you. Kind of shit. Yeah, it's amazing. That's... Uh, you know what happened in South Africa? So they had that Dr. King. Yeah. You know, they had Mandela. Yeah. And they he and took he them forgave. into... An, he forgave his oppressors. Okay, but here's what happened, though. Yeah, absolutely. He forgave his oppressors. Yeah. because we're not going to... And that's right. There was no slaughter. There was no slaughter of white people. But then Mandela died. And they have free elections there. Mm-hmm. And they don't have a Mandela to elect. So they elected a Zulu warrior mm-hmm. who has 10 wives. And he thinks the cure for AIDS is washing her dick after sex. And he's their leader now. Because the people that were voting for him were just workers on farms. Right. You know, they weren't like smart people going out to the, the polls. Yeah. And so now it's like it's in the middle of a downhill. They've elected an idiot. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that sucks. I don't know. I, I, I think Israel would be in a different situation. You just have to have a constitution that can't be changed, you know, in a certain way. Or it's just very, di- like our constitution, did. it's very yeah. difficult to change it. Very, very difficult to change it. Yeah. You have to make it like that. And then, people are like, nobody's going to get killed over it. These are inalienable rights, no matter what. Yeah. And then, uh, let's go forward. And I bet once it's a one-state solution, I bet they'll have, like, a federal system where there's certain states that have bigger Jewish populations that would have local control. Like Utah. Like has Utah. 3.5% exactly. beer. Exactly. And then, and then non LDS people. Exactly. Um, they go, that's uh, a great example. They go, that's fucking bullshit. I want my 6% beer. It's like, uh, well, yeah, but you're in sorry. this, you're in this area. Yeah. They have their own thing. Yeah, exactly. So there, there might even be areas where. It, in Bernay Brock in Jerusalem now, the super religious, you can't drive in those streets on Saturday. Really? They put up little barriers. You know how they put up barriers on that thing down Sunset? Right. That one street? Oh, man. I went, I went over Passover to my favorite uh, kebab place on Pico near Robertson. They have all these amazing kosher uh, Persian food places. Yeah. And I went. They didn't have leavened bread, which oh, is like my favorite thing Passover. to get because of Passover. They didn't have... Have you gone spices. to El, Ta- El Taim on Melrose? Yeah, El Taim is great. Yeah, that's really good. But it, it's nowhere near as good as Sendak Grill. Sendak Grill. I've passed by it. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, where's that? Pico. On Pico. On Pico and, and like Shenandoah around there. What? Nobody knows Shenandoah. Why'd you make that? That's a side street. You Pico near Robertson. Thank you. Pico just just east of uh, Robertson. No, Pico's east-west. Pico's east-west. No, no. Yeah. Oh Robertson, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, yeah. east of Just Robertson. East of Robertson. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's it's S A N G A K Sangak Sangak Grill S A N G A K. That's Jewish area. That's Jewish homeland. Super that's really like, Jewish. Very Jewish Persian area. Yeah, 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 yeah. Here's the other super thing. Super good food. The Iranians being against Jews, there are tons of of Iranian Jews, right? Yeah. Yeah. How do they live in Iran right now? They actually live, I, I don't know, I, I haven't been like keeping up with it that much, but I know that after Muslims, Jews are like the second uh, biggest religious group in the parliament, and I think they, I think they 
don't get fucked with that much. Aren't I know like, Baha'is get fucked with a lot. That's the religion Baha'i? I was raised in. You were raised Baha'i? Yeah. Oh, I like that. That's but, nice podcast. Uh, yeah, but, but they do... I, I feel like Baha'is get fucked with by Muslims because they're yes-anding Islam. Yeah, they're yeah, saying, yeah, yeah. They're saying everything's right. They're saying, yeah, you guys are right about Islam, but this is beyond what you know. God says this now. Yeah. And people don't like That's saying That's why the fucking LDS people got fucked with. Exactly. They're also doing that. Christians don't like people saying, yes, Jesus, but also John Smith. Yeah. They're like, no, people want it to be the last one. Yeah. They don't, everybody, Muslims and Christians like Jews don't hate seem Christians. to hate Jews. Jews hate Christians at the beginning. Right. Jews like, hate wait, Christians because they're building on it. Yeah. yeah. And, and Christians don't tend to hate Jews. Muslims don't tend to hate Jews in, in, in history before the uh, Israel-Palestine thing happened because we all came from Jews. You know? Like, mm-hmm. we're all Semitic people. We're all descendants of Abraham. All the religions came out of, it, out of Judaism. So it's, it's like Ann Coulter called Jews uh, Christians who weren't, like, quite there yet. Or I forget. It was, some, it was more offensive, but it was like unenlightened Christians like they just haven't gotten all the way to where we are yet and I think I think that's the thing like anybody who says you're you're right but there's more they get more They're mad you than, dumb. yeah but you don't get mad at the people you're calling dumb the yeah. dumb people get mad at you for calling them dumb exactly <laughs> and, and so Baha'is are like the Mormons of Iran right so they have a but in so Iran was just anti-Zionist more than anti-Jew yeah they were just like, don't go there. But no, Jews are fine. But that's not going to be your yeah. country, man. Yeah, I mean, I, I yeah, I mean, th- there's also a lot of uh, just racism towards Jewish people that I think came out of. That was in Europe, too. Eastern in, Europe. Yeah, I think a lot of that. I don't know what the root of all that is, but there's some of it in there in Iran because the old sh- the Shah before the Shah, his dad, who got kicked out and he got put into place got kicked out because he wouldn't break ties with Hitler. Oh, really? Yeah, there's a weird... I don't really understand the, the, the cultural background of it, but there's a weird tie between Germany and Iran, and and there that there's this anti-Semitism that, that, that came with that, I think. Um, but I don't really know the, 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 the core of wh- why that is. But, um, but as far as I know... Uh, being Jewish isn't like the worst thing in Iran and like I think really the reason why Iran took such an anti-Israel stance was in large part out of the fear of being invaded by Arab countries and wanting to be ingratiated to those people so I'm just saying yes too yeah and and they, they had an opportunity because all these Arab countries started making peace with Israel they had an opportunity to suddenly be the leader of the Arabs by being the only country to come out against Israel because if you notice, like there aren't any other real leaders other than like Saddam Hussein and back in the day, and yeah. the the Iranians that that would come out anti-Israel stuff. At a certain point, those Middle Eastern countries started negotiating and having peace with Israel, and Iran saw that as an opportunity to be a leader of the Arab masses. Because the Arab masses were like very disgruntled with their dictatorships that that represented them. And thought that the Palestinian people were being fucked over and not having anybody speak for them. So suddenly when you have majority Sunni Arab masses looking up to a Shia Iranian dictator saying stuff against uh, Israel, you suddenly have Sunnis looking up to a Shia dictator and that's good for that Shia dictator and that's good for Iran in general. To, to be seen as a leader of the Arab masses instead of a possible enemy for a future attack. Because oh, you got to right. keep in mind that all, Iran's 
constantly been attacked by Arabs. They forced them to convert into Islam hundreds of years ago. And there's just a mentality of be ready to fight off invaders because it's just a territory that's constantly been under attack. Because they're Persian, they're Arabs. Yeah. Oh, right. It's a different culture, different language and, and stuff. We view them all the same, mostly in yeah. America. Yeah, America views everybody in the Middle East the same, yeah. And that, and that was a huge part because of the problem we, was we didn't understand going in that there's all these different groups that are gun, that have their own beefs, and as soon as you set things into motion, their beefs are going to become the future yeah. conflicts of these countries. Yeah, we just called it the Middle East, and since you put a label on something, it's like, mm-hmm. that's what that is there. And you're like, no, 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 no. It's like saying 90s music or 80s music. It's like 80s music. Yeah, sure. It was it was definitely hip, like uh, like bebop type stuff, mm-hmm. but it was also fucking dark shit, too. Yeah, yeah. You can't just say 90s music, and you can't just say the Middle East when it's like, oh, Arabs and Persians are... They're not, those aren't, those shouldn't be the same countries. There's cultural same, differences even, there. And then within those, those cultural differences, there's religious differences. Yeah. And within those religious differences, there's like local tribal differences too. And and we thought that we could just go in, get rid of a dictator and, and put in a system where people vote for, for their government and walk to the next country and put that system in too. Not thinking of what the repercussions of putting this new system were going to be. In every single place. It's in every single place. So yeah. So yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I don't. There's gonna have to be a moderate in Israel to say, "Let's go one state." They're part mm-hmm. of us now. We can't. There'll be it. There'll be a what they'll will probably be if it goes that way is is a, like a movement that's starting from like the ground, kind of like the people of Israel starting to go, guys, they're just like us, and starting to and get as like the more demographics flower power. get closer and closer to it being a Jewish minority. Uh huh. I think there's going to be two different movements. There's going to be pressure from like a fascist style movement kill them all to fast. kill them all. Yeah. yeah. There's going to be pressure on that side. And then there's going to be a peace movement against it. that's going to say, Hey, this, this makes us no better than Hitler. If we, if yeah. we, if we actually do a genocide of the Israelis that aren't our religion. And, and I, I think put, yeah. David Ben Gurion, uh, who was the first, I think, president or prime minister of Israel? I forget. Yeah, but prime he, minister. Uh, and he, he said, "We just have to make sure that uh, we don't treat the Palestinians the way the Poles treated us." Which I think he means like the the Nazis when they took over in Poland. Oh no! Oh no! He means like the pogroms, like generations of that shit. Maybe the Poles. Yeah, there was always like in pogrom- Poland they, yeah. they'd always treated Jews bad. They were just like pogroms. They were just occasional like mini mini holocausts. Sometimes. Really? Yeah. They would like kill off a bunch of Jews every now and then. Yeah, they claimed they, they the big thing was matzah. You know, matzah bread, uh-huh. the unleavened bread. They, they they needed a drop of of they needed non Jewish baby blood to make it, and so everyone would get up pitchforked up. You know. This is just something they would make up about, about. I mean, we didn't. That wasn't part of the recipe. <laughs> but they would say that that was a, that, that that was what the Jews needed, and they killed somebody. Yeah, and they, they would go they'd after hide them. some blood underneath a, an altar, you know. And they say, "See, look what this right, is—a false flag operation." Yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And then they would like be able to not destroy a town, but like murder the rabbi and right. a bunch of the people in the synagogue. If everyone's in there, it could get really bad, you know, if it was during services. The CIA actually, Iran had a democratic government in 1953. Yeah. And they, they got elected through the, through the parliament and everything. And the guy, his name was Prime Minister Mozadegh. And he told the Shah, you can still stay as a figurehead the way the England, ha- uh-huh. the way England has a queen. Yeah. But you're not going to be the head of state anymore. 
and he nationalized the oil fields so that the money instead of going to Great Britain and U.S. would go to Iran. And the U.S. staged a coup in 1953. There's a great book called All the Shah's Men. Yeah. If you get a chance, read it. It's he said, so fun. He said all the oil was going to go to Iran. Yeah, he was like, he nationalized it. So instead of it being a foreign company running it, he's like, Iran will run it and keep the profit for And the way they kicked everybody at the kick shell and everybody them like, yeah. out? Yeah. So you get nothing now? No, they, they paid them off for, for their stakes. For their land. But, but not as much as they would have made if they took all the oil. Yeah. So, so then the U.S. was like, oh, we got to kick this guy out. So they staged a coup and they used a false flag operation to, to get him out. some some corporation yeah and that's not even the government. it was actually the, the corporation was anglo-iranian oil company which later on changed its name to british petroleum so british petroleum literally fucked over iran through, through staging a coup and the the coast of america <laughs> through the oil spill so but and, and and i still go to pre- arco to save 10 cents a gallon yeah <laughs> I, I, i'm such <laughs> a, was like a credit card and they don't t- and they didn't they didn't we would protect them because they were like hey because of the lobbyists and whatever who were like, yeah. you guys got to protect they like, us. They were like, we can't allow... Well, basically, it was it was during the Cold War, and they were saying, this guy, Mossadegh, is nationalizing oil interests. He's doing socialist reforms. We don't want to let a communist get into, into office. They Mossadegh say a bad said, word not, like communist. Yeah. Goes, I'm not a communist. He's like, I just I'm think not a communist. He'd say, I'm, I'm anti-communist. He, he'd staunchly be anti-communist. But he's like, he's like, but I think we should have our own oil. And, and so they staged a coup. What they did was... Like America's saying, we want our own wheat. Yeah. And like, no, 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 that's got to be if, if, some if, British if company. If Canada was that. forcing us to, to take, yeah, yeah. or tea or something like that. Yeah. Uh, so, so the U.S. sent in Kermit Roosevelt, I think it's like the nephew of FDR, yeah. who's a CIA agent, and he went and hired like thugs in Iran to, to he paid them off to carry signs that say, up with Mossadegh, down with Islam, so that he'd piss off all the Muslims to think that he's anti-Islam, and just to go around neighborhoods breaking stuff. So then suddenly there's these mobs who have been hired to, to do have, wreck havoc on behalf of the name of Mossadegh, even though he has nothing to do with it. And then they use that ground to say, Shah, send in the military to arrest Mossadegh for doing this. The Shah send in the military. Mossadegh thought that people would stand up for him and stuff, but instead <laughs> the military came in, arrested him, put him under house arrest for the rest of like, his life. And put the Shah back in power and, and took away the oil interest and gave it back to Anglo-Iranian Oil Company. Wow. We did the same shit with the, the Occupy movement where you send in cops to start fights, undercover cops to start fights. It's all like yeah. written. And then, there's the, then the other cops come in and are like, well, yeah, we got yeah, to break us, you guys yeah. up. Yeah, exactly. You're starting fights. Exactly. Why'd you go outside Wall Street, you assholes? That's what they said. Get the fuck down the street. This is the money. You yeah. can't fuck with our money. Yeah. Go fucking occupy some other shit. Occupy Lowe's Cineplex. Yeah. Don't occupy Wall Street. That was the head of it, right? Yeah. Occupy was, was, was yeah, the Occupy one. Wall Street is how it all started. I, I, I thought that they, 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 they would just wait them out until it got cold. Because it's like, how the fuck yeah. are you going to stay Occupy Wall Street in, in freezing New York? Peaceful, pro- peaceful protest. They go, no, nah, we're not going to wait you guys out. We're going to send people in. We're going to build a ball. That's the thing, too. Occupy a, Wall Street, it's like it's a, it was, lock break uh, you. there's some cool shit about Occupy Wall Street, but the idea that there's no leaders no to leader. the movement. Yeah, no leader. The, the idea that like. Same thing with Black Lives Matter happened, where it's like you have no leaders, so you have all these people speaking on behalf of yeah. Black Lives Matter, interrupting Bernie Sanders, saying, speak for your crimes. He's like, wait, yeah. what? It's like, who are you look, Who are you talking to? Oh. It's like, is this really where you think your resources should be? But then it's like, we claim occupy wall street it's like no 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 you don't yeah, yeah you need a leader saying you we, need to we, have a leader we disavow that's not one of ours that's a crazy person yeah 
somebody who can say no and yes. Yeah. And everybody says this guy speaks for us. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So uh so right. in fifty three the CIA staged a coup. Oh, and yeah. that's actually why in seventy nine when there was another revolution in Iran, that's why they went into the uh US embassy and took those hostages was because in fifty three the US embassy was where they staged the coup. So they were like, I bet they're staging another coup right now. Let's oh. get in there and, and get them and, and, and get all their documents and stuff. And and you know, oh. so, so so they thought we had a revolution once where we had hey, where, that where building put, over there did the first one. Yeah. Let's, let's make sure go that back building and make is, sure they're not. Yeah. And people are like, no, because then the American government's like, wait, who? I just mean that building over there. You know, what's funny is you've probably met people who are Persian and people who call themselves Iranian. Yeah. Right. Before 1979, everybody was Iranian. Really? Then 79 happened, and everybody became Persian. Because it wasn't exciting anymore. It wasn't fucking cool. To it be was this because fucking... people didn't want to be connected to the Iran hostage crisis. That's when my dad changed his name. We were Spitzers. Really? Yeah. I, and after the war, him and his family went to Israel, and then he became of age. You know, they didn't want to be German? Seven, eight linked? years later. No, him. Just He was like, it's, it ain't a good time to have this German name. I'm changing <laughs> it up. What's Shafir? That sounds Israeli as fuck. Yeah, yeah. That's my name. Yeah, Shafir sounds very Middle Eastern. Yeah. He didn't want to be Spitzer. Yeah, I get it though. Yeah, me too. So same shit happened with it. Yeah. With, but that was like, oh, but as Persian. a whole culture, everybody was like, it's like it's like Chinese people saying they're Oriental. It's like yeah. they used to never. They used to be like, no, I'm I'm Iranian, and then we took those fuckers hostage, and then Persian. suddenly everybody's Persian. <laughs> and uh, I do a joke about it, how like that would be like Iraqis coming over and being like, oh no, I'm not Iraqi, I'm Babylonian. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah. All right. I go to the store. You got spots tonight? Um, no. I might just go and see if I can get on one of those bringer shows, though. A belly room? Yeah. Oh, nice. What, what day is today? Thursday? Oh, it's Thursday. I was thinking uh, it was The Black Saturday. Show's not going to put me on their show. Sure not, huh? Oh, I had a development spot last week. You're going to love this. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I've been doing this joke about, uh, about how there's certain aspects of gay sex that makes me want to throw up. Like when the guy sticks his dick down my throat, I always get a gag reflex. Yeah. And it's been doing good. But I knew it wouldn't do good in front of these black people. But I, bravado. Because they're black and they hate yeah. gay shit. Yeah. <laughs> but I wanted to do it anyway just to say this. So I did it. They didn't laugh. And I was like, I, was like, I get it. Uh, black people don't like to play that gay shit. Uh, but the HIV statistics say that you do, so maybe more of you should start laughing because it's killing your community. Yeah. And they hated me so much that they're definitely not putting me on that black show tonight. That's funny. Uh, all right, where can people find you? Um, I'm at the comedy store every week, obviously. Uh, and, and I'm also doing a roast battle on June 7th. This won't nearly uh, be out then. Oh, uh, no. I mean, maybe, but I so doubt it. Yeah, I don't know. I'm doing Roast Battle in June. Uh, I don't know. Where, where else am I going to be? Oh, I'm going to be at the hum, at, a, at a festival in Humboldt next month. I mean, like, uh, where can we find you online? Oh, uh, my Twitter handle is <laughs> at NotHormones. Yeah. Uh, I looked for hormones, and it was a, like a sex therapy person, like hormone therapy person's Twitter account. So it's NotHormones. On Twitter. Because no one can say hormones? <laughs> yeah, nobody can say hormones. And my Instagram is hormones Rashidi, H-O-R-M-O-Z-R-A-S-H-I-D-I. But I should try and change that to not hormones, too. Cause keep, it, keep it one note. Keep it one note and, and make it easier for people Rashidi to know how to spell like it. The, when yeah. you see what it says. Exactly. So, yeah, that's my Twitter. 
not hormones. And I'm at 999 Twitter followers, so ho- so hopefully I'll get over a thousand with. This. I think by this it'll be already over. <laughs> yeah, by there. You have but like I got over a thousand, then went back down. Oh to my no, bo- really? Bots, man. You know, some of my bots they, they <laughs> my join and then out. they leave. That's like when some guy breaks the rushing record, the all-time rushing record at some school, and then the next play gets stopped for like a two-yard loss. <laughs> yeah. And the other guy's like, "It's back in my control." Or like when you play fantasy football and you win. And then you lose because it's stat correction. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess that one was only seven yards instead of eight. Um, all right, Hormos. Well, thanks for having me. You're welcome. Thanks I, think for we brought, I think we figured out how to get peace in the Middle East tonight. Yeah, well, more, more peace at least. It seems like might is never the answer to force anybody to do <laughs> yeah, anything. Yeah, I think, I think violence is not the Because even answer. if it's a good idea, what you're bringing in is like, we don't want you forcing us to do it. Yeah. Just like your mom. She's like, I need you. It's like, shit, would you let me fucking come do it on my yeah. own? Yeah, it's like when people are about to fight, when you get between them, that's when the fight starts. Yeah. It's the same thing. Let it, Just let, let it fight. Happen. The fight will be softer if you're not there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We kept stopping this fight for so <laughs> yeah. long, and now it's creating bombs. And now they've got weapons <laughs> that they've been building ready yeah. for as soon as you let them go. They're going to murder like, you. are playing World of Warcraft. No. Or Warcraft, you can like build your own army. You have to mine a bunch of gold, then build like town halls, and then build like whatever, like like mm-hmm. uh, like citadels to fight off invaders. You know, build some orcs so you can fight off people. Right. But sometimes you have to, like fight, and they they knock you back. You've wasted much. You got to build up again. But sometimes you're just like, I'm sick of this, and you just wait and wait and wait and wait and wait and build and build. And you have dragons. You got blimps. You got airplanes. And you're like, now it's time. Oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, back to Game of Thrones. Yeah. Dragons. All right, all right. Thanks, Hormos. Thank you. Did I tell you that I'll be at the Comedy Store on Thursday? Come. It's only $10. $10 ticket. Watch me do my hour. I don't know who's opening yet. Maybe I'll get... Well, we'll get somebody. We'll get a surprise person. Come on Thursday. Get tickets. Tell some friends. And I want a good crowd there. So, uh, come on out. There's still some tickets available. Um, I guess that's it. Big congratulations to Big J Okerson on his first hour special running on Comedy Central. Uh, way to go, buddy. Way to go. Real proud of you. Skankfest was a complete success too from Luis Gomez if you were there um I don't know congrats man I hate him well whatever um alright that's it right oh Crocodile Tuesday in Seattle I did it the wrong word Seattle this Tuesday at the Crocodile get tickets at AriTheGreat.com also get tickets to the Comedy Store on Thursday at AriTheGreat.com also get tickets for Ari Shafir and friends take Stampede on July 14th at AriTheGreat.com, you can get tickets for my Edinburgh show, August 4th through 26th at AriTheGreat.com. You can get tickets for my Dublin show on August 3rd, Dublin, Ireland at AriTheGreat.com. And you can get tickets for, that's it. The rest of my tour is all up there. Um, all right. Thanks, Hormos. Thanks, everybody, for listening. By the way, did I tell you last month? 
most downloads of all time, and this month on pace for it. If I record another podcast this week, which I probably won't, unless I do one in LA while I'm there, um, I'll probably cut close to breaking that. It'll at least be top two. It'll at least be top two. So thanks, you guys, for spreading the word, I guess. Telling other people about the podcast. I'm glad you guys are liking it. If you are, I'm glad you are. Uh, and thanks, Casper, for sponsoring the podcast. Casper.com slash R. You get $50 towards any mattress. They ship it right to your door, everybody. It really is easy. They ship it right to your door. They take your old mattress out. Fucking easy peasy. Needs a fleasy. That was awful. Um, still got my Bonnaroo tags on. Do you? I'm going to take them off right now. It's enough. Uh, all right, you guys. Thank you very much, Ramos. Thank you for tuning in. Until next week or the week after, I'm Ari Shafir saying Come on, 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 come on,